Little roller up along first. Behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Here comes Knight and the Mets win it. If one picture is worth a thousand words, you have seen about a million words. But more than that, you have seen an absolutely bizarre finish to game six of the 1986 World Series. The Mets are not only alive, they are well. I want to just start off by saying rest in peace to uh, the sound, the soundtrack of baseball, uh, the voice of the Dodgers for many years, Vince Scully. Um, on today's episode, we're going to talk about the Phillies, their last few series, and then their weekend series with the Nationals. The MLB trade deadline was wild. We're going to try our best to break it all down. We're going to talk a little bit of football with the Tom Brady news and the Deshaun Watson news. We'll follow it up with our four-minute scramble, wins and losses, and then our NFL quarterback rankings continued. We're going to finish the bottom half of the league. We did one through 16 last time. We'll do 17 through 32 this time. But first, here's the two of us talking about Anchor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 65, the Lane Johnson episode of the PA Turnpod. We are reunited, and it feels so good. Joined, as always, by Joel. I am Rob. How are you today, sir? I'm doing well. Uh, strength in numbers. We're back at full health, just like Gene Segura and hopefully the returning Bryce Harper. We're back in business. We're like the Dudley boys. We're better when we're a team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um I think I made, hopefully I made you happy last week's short episode, but uh, we're back, baby. No more 30-minute episodes. Yeah. We're How are you doing today? That. I'm all right. <laughs> doing well. How's vacation? Uh, it was pretty good. It's never long enough, but pretty good nonetheless. How many beers were hurt A lot. on the vacation? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> Especially on Saturday. Um, uh, I've been told that um, Saturday when we got uh, back from the pool, um, I apparently threw my wallet on the floor, uh, <laughs> threw my shoes, and then went and laid on the couch, and then just immediately fell asleep. So, Jesus, <laughs> worked out well. There you go, vacation. Now you're back. Back. Uh, the weather has uh, unfortunately just completely changed. Uh, it's supposed to rain for like the next four days. So, exciting times there. Yeah. Well, this heat wave sucked. Like in the ni- mid '90s here in Jersey. Yeah. It's just been terrible, but uh, we're indoors now, and uh, it was a good game last night for <laughs> however long it lasted in yeah. Philadelphia. Actually, have uh, I have stats on that? Um, the yeah, the game last night lasted an hour and thirty nine minutes, and the rain delay lasted two hours and six minutes. So no way, there was more time for the fans <laughs> to stand in the uh, the concourse than there was for um for them to sit in their seats. That's gross, man. And the game didn't finish, I would assume, right? It just stopped altogether. Yeah, they, they just called it. So, technically, the game would have been longer than the delay if they continued, but the rain was like, <laughs> nah, I'm good. Yeah, I guess technically Noah Syndergaard gets a uh, complete game. That's a good sign. <laughs> new team, yeah. new life. Also a great start. Only 11 hits given up. Uh, 
So did oh, uh, did the Angels and Phillies win that trade? Because Mickey Moniak hit a home run. <laughs> yeah, Mickey Moniak hit a home run. We'll get to that later on in my L's, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry for <clears> spoiling the, it. The Angels, good Lord. Um, <laughs> do you want to start by uh, kicking things off with the Pirtle here? Oh, yeah, the Pirtle. <clears throat> sorry, I forgot to hit the cough button. <sighs> Rookie. Well, it's your... It's, it, oh, there you go. That's a professional. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if that was a real cough or not, but right on time. Um, let's yeah, let's go, Purtle. All right. If you if you don't know the rules by now, uh, who cares? Um, <laughs> all right. So my first guest literally got me nothing. All right. Mine first guest got me nothing. Oh my god. Oh my god. No I got. I don't know my second guest. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Ah, oh, I should have I should have paid more attention, because you always say what your first guess and your yeah, second guess. Well, my second guess actually changed because yeah. the uh, the height. Um, well, that of, player got picked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Come on, Looney and Draymond Green both got picked. Fuck. Wow. Uh, That's the second time I've done that on the pod. Well, he's definitely in the West. <laughs> I'll yes. tell you that. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, let's go with Demarcus Cousins. That's a no. All right, who is Boban? <laughs> Jesus, I'm trying to go every big man. That's not it. Oh, wait. Think smaller. Think smaller. Oh wait, Jalen Smith. He's a fucking pacer. All right, this is gonna be bad. Well, this isn't no fun since you got you're, over, you're overthinking it. You're overthinking it. He's small. If you think back to the first time you did a um, a solo episode, think about what you talked about and who you talked about. That's beautiful. I don't remember. Uh, oh, shit. Got it. There you go. <laughs> Steph Curry. Steph Curry. So um, if I can explain my reasoning here, um, I always start with Pascal Siakam with my first guest. He, of course, Toronto East, Atlantic, forward, 6'8", 28, and 43 is his number. Uh, so he's obviously not in the East. He's not a forward. He's smaller than 6'8", older than 28, lower number than 43. So I was like, ah, screw it. Steph Curry. And it was. Holy so, shit. That was my reasoning. That, that, that's the second time I've lucked out on this because uh, the other one was Looney, right? Yeah, Looney. Mm-hmm. I might as well just become a, a Warriors fan. I'm like I'm like 50% <laughs> of the way there to being a Warriors, Yankees, and uh, Cowboys fan. And Alabama. Gross. (laughs) Those people on Twitter that are like, got to rep my team. And it's like, hashtag Yankees, hashtag Uh, Warriors, hashtag Cowboys, hashtag Alabama football, hashtag Duke. At one point, (laughs) Duke, at one point, it was probably the Florida Gators when Tebow was there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My reasoning was Toby. I went Toby, Bobon. For whatever reason, I did Bobon twice. I didn't even realize it. (laughs) DeMarcus Cousins. Jalen Smith, but I meant to put the other Jalen from the Rockets. But then again, uh, uh, Boban is a Rocket, so that didn't make any sense. And then my first always guess is Curry. And I said, fuck it. I'll just go small that way. And sure enough, it was him. I don't remember yeah. anything I did last week on the pod. I kind of blacked out for 30 minutes. Well, the, uh, the first one he did was the day after the Warriors won the uh, championship. Oh, Jesus. Remember that? Because I got to the hotel room, and it was the fourth quarter of the game and I was like gosh this game's over and we were talking about how Draymond I needed a triple double from Draymond and assist number nine he threw into the fifth row 
because there was some dude <laughs> wide open in the corner and he just airmailed it right over his head. It might have been um, Wiggins. He went yeet. Yeah, Damn. Draymond said, you know what? Let's uh, let's not worry about anybody's ticket. Although last night, I guess the sweet sounds of morning. Uh, <laughs> last night, uh, your boy, one for one on the football season, <laughs> took the over in the Hall of Fame game. <laughs> this is how you know we have a problem. I woke up yesterday morning and I looked at the line for Jaguars and Raiders. I was like, you know what? I love Raiders minus two and a half, but I love that over under. What was the over under anyway? 30 and a half. I think that's way too low. That's three touchdowns and two field <laughs> and three field goals. I think I would have put Here, it under, honestly. I, I think most of the plays were on the under. I <laughs> I got home, it was twenty nothing at halftime. I was like, that's a hideous score. Yeah. I, they finished at twenty seven eleven. <laughs> but in that fourth quarter I owe part of the $12 I won I owe it to Austin Walter who's that? actually no no I don't owe it to Austin Walter <laughs> I, I owe it to Nathan Cottrell as a who's that? Th- third and five on the Las Vegas five yard line 332 left in the ball game this is the game right here folks uh, the current score is 27 to 3 Kyle Sloter, there's a name for you, passed to Nathan Cottrell to the left for a five-yard touchdown. And when that happened, I let out a yelp. <laughs> um, no way. Subsequently waking up one of the dogs. The other one was awake already. Um, I've never been so excited for Nathan. Oh, it's a white guy. Wow. White running back. <laughs> oh, Look at this. One guy. of the rare ones. Honestly, good for him. Is he white? Uh, Look like light skin. Yeah. Light skin guy. Uh, where, do you, where do you go to school? I think he went to like Yale, didn't he? Uh, Yale. I went to Georgia Tech. Now, there's definitely a dude that went to like Yale or something that played last night. Maybe it was one of the Raiders. No way. So, how much money did you have? It was a free bet, right? That yeah, Fandle I did, or somebody uh, had. Yeah, Fanduel does the uh, the Dinger Tuesday where if you throw twenty five bucks on a player to hit a home run, uh-huh. winner winner lose you get five bucks for every home run hit in that game. I put five on Matt Carpenter, and I think there were five home runs in that game. <laughs> so I got the 20. Right, I put 25 on Matt Carpenter, and I got uh, – there were five home runs in that game. So, so you got your money back? I got 25 back, yeah. I put half of it on uh, Verlander strikeouts last night, and the other half on the uh, the over in that game. Verlander got pulled. Um, that was another thing, with, yeah. yeah. He got pulled with five strikeouts in six innings, and I needed, I needed six. So. Oh, gee. Well, five and a half. Watching. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was over five and a half. It was plus money. Oh, and um, shit. and he got pulled. He was at ninety six pitches through six innings, and they were up six nothing. So they were like, "Yeah, you know what? Screw it. We'll just we'll let Naris come in." <laughs> I was an old man last night. I just kind of fell asleep. I woke up. I was like, <laughs> "They pulled Verlander or something like that." I'm like, "I don't know what that reference means." I had no <laughs> context. I don't think I actually told you about it ahead of time. He, then he just said Verlander. They pulled Verlander early. I don't know something like that. Then you went with the, I need the over. I'm at one more point, and then right. excitement, <laughs> go Jaguars. <laughs> Verlander is uh, Verlander has a one seven three ERA. Ooh, nasty! Just ridiculous what he's doing. It's got to be up there with the uh, Cy Young, no? I think he, if he's not the favorite at this point, he's definitely oh, second behind. Um, uh, what's his name? The guy on the Rays, um, uh, McClanahan. 
Oh, shit. McClanahan was first for a bit. Then he got rocked a little bit in the All-Star game. Um, Never a good look. Jesus Christ. Can you sneeze any louder? Um, uh, let me see. Let me check the futures. I'm already on here. Uh, wow. Judge is a heavy favorite for MVP. So, fun fact. I, I had a $15 bet on Judge. When I went to New York in April, Yeah. they were talking about him on sports radio like he was some chump. So, I was like, oh, they, they hate this guy here. I'm going to put five, uh, 15 bucks on him win MVP because I kept talking about the contract situation. And I was able to cash it out for like 250 bucks. What? Yeah. And then I put um I put 20 of it back on him to win MVP and I can cash that out for profit now too. Uh Erlander is currently the favorite. There you at go. At minus one thirty. Uh McClanahan plus two sixty. Let me see who does followed by uh followed by Dylan Cease. I believe they have the twins tonight. No, I mean for the rest of the the season. Oh, okay. Because he By could way, get dinged along the way. Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, um, according to Fireman Joe, who I was texting with this morning, um, it's been a lot. The Phillies have Phillies have a pretty easy schedule on the on the uh, from here on out. He says the only series they really have to worry about, aside from, <clears throat> yeah, well they did. Yeah, that's true. They do finish the Astros. They also play the Marlins right before that. Oh, death. <laughs> oh, it's in Houston too. Yeah, Philly it's really series. bad. Oh no. Um, but they have they have a road series against the uh, Giants, which they never do well, and then they they have a home series against Toronto, but it's only two games, so they might be able to uh, to you know string along some games now. Now the one thing that concerns me is if they're fighting for um, wild card positioning with the uh, the Cardinals, the Cardinals finished this uh, the season with six straight against the Pirates, so Oof. that could be a problem. And San Diego probably is going to be locked into a playoff spot too. So it seems like Atlanta or the Mets, whoever doesn't win the division, plus San Diego are probably going to be the first two wild cards. And then that third spot's either the Phillies or the Cards. And the Cardinals really didn't do anything at the deadline. So, <clears throat> which, which is surprising, we'll, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was surprising. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. I have a lot of thoughts on the deadline. I'm sure you do too. Um, obviously, the big thing was the Soto news, but. Um, oh, real quick. So you're looking, looking at up the, uh, the schedule, right? For the Astros, they faced the Rays. Six times. Oh, wow. So two series. So they haven't even played them yet. Two, three series. So there's a good chance you can have a Verlander versus McClanahan matchup there. That would be pretty cool, actually, because that's also a potential playoff matchup because the Rays, I believe, are in playoff contention right now. And the uh, the Astros, believe it or not, with how hot the Yankees began the season. <clears throat> first of all, I think the Dodgers have one more win than the Yankees right now. Yeah, the Dodgers have um, actually have two more wins. The Dodgers have 72 wins. The Yankees are only... One and a half games up on the um, on the Astros for best record in the American League. Really? So, considering how hot they started out, and they yeah. have a plus two of six run differential, which is just absurd. Um, and, actually, and that, second in the MLB now, but they oh. they've really cooled off. The pitching has kind of fallen apart, <clears throat> and Houston's right on their tails. And Houston, I believe, is five and two this year against the Yankees. So, that's uh, if they wind up having the same record at the end of the season, they're done playing each other. Yeah, Houston swept them in Houston, and then they split the four-game series in the Bronx that we attended. Yeah, um, so Houston has the tiebreaker on them as well, even though they're seventy-five runs behind them in the uh, the differential. That's craziness. But the Yankees have really kind of tapered off lately. I think they're they're something they're around five hundred the last thirty games. Um, Jesus Christ! I mean, the Astros could play spoiler as well. I mean, if the Rays are still in contention, that series with the Rays is literally the last series before the Phillies. Oh, is it really? Yeah, so the Astros are at home for the last <clears throat> nine games or eight games. 
They basically they host Arizona for two on September 27, gotcha. 28. Then three games that. Three games with the Rays <laughs> and then three games with the Phillies and then they go right into the postseason. So they finish the, se- the season against the two best teams in the league. That's exciting. Yeah, and at home. The the thing that kind of scares me about that is I thought so when the when the schedule came out the Phillies were actually set to start the season in Houston. But if you remember, because of the lockout, they pushed everything back two series. Mother. So they, they were supposed to play Houston and then I think Miami at the beginning of the season. And then it got pushed back. The the two series got delayed. They actually put that Houston series all the way at the back of the schedule. I think they did it for other teams as well, yeah. where teams are not going to finish the season against the teams they were supposed to start against. So that would have been nice to get that out of the way early, getting shut out by Verlander opening day and then getting swept in three. But um, I guess it'll be fun to finish there. Because I'm sure both teams will have something to play for. Um, Phillies for I, sure. That yeah, I'm sure Houston Houston will probably have the division locked up, but they'll be fighting for best record. With, yeah. Because you'd rather have a game seven at your own ballpark than have to go to the Bronx and play against the Yankees there. God forbid they have to play each other in the playoffs. Also, you get a bye in the first round if you are the number one team. So that's a good chance to kind of line your pitching up better. So. I think that's the only reason to get it. Otherwise, with baseball anyway, it's momentum and sync. You don't want to yeah. have too much rest time in between because you, you're facing a dangerous team who's getting hot at the right time in the yeah. postseason. It's a buzzsaw waiting. But uh, all right, uh, let's just transition to the Phillies. <laughs> so they are uh, they're currently 57-48 and 48 at the time recording. They're 10 games back in the NL East. Um, they are currently the third wild card. Uh, actually, no, they are. Yeah, they are the third. So they're they're tied with Milwaukee for the third wild card, but they have the tiebreaker, from what I understand. Um, I think head to head, it's three. I don't know. They have the head to head because they beat him in Milwaukee and they lost to him here. Um, they have the head to head with Milwaukee. Um, as it stands currently, St. Louis is actually tied with Milwaukee for the division. Um, so Milwaukee right now is the wild card because St. Louis has a tiebreaker on them. Um, the last week or so, so you touched on it, the uh, the terrible Cub series. That was that was a disaster. We're going to kind of blow past that. Um, I did listen to the last episode. I was at the game that they lost 15-1. Um, oh, I thought yeah, you were. When the backup catcher had to pitch the ninth inning. Um, it was phenomenal. Um, you know what's crazy is they took a one nothing lead in the first inning. Schwarber had a home run in the first pitch that he saw. And then um, <laughs> they just got the doors blown off. I forget who pitched. It had to be Gibson, right? Uh, I can uh, check that real let's quick. find out real quick. Yeah, because whoever was he still, yeah, it was Gibson. He sucked. Is it th- um, yeah, it is right. You have a three game. Sorry, I'm going back to the Walker. This is yep. a three team, three teams for the third spot, and we yeah, have a tiebreaker. There's a three team tie, but um, Milwaukee and uh, St. Louis are actually tied for the division as well. So one of those teams will win the division, the other one will win the wild card. Um, then the uh, the Brave series that was exciting because they took two out of three against a team that's like actually good. It's yeah. pretty. It's good that they're doing this, beating teams that are you know good. Because in, in years past they would beat the Dodgers, but then they would lose to like the Cubs. It's basically what they did this year too. Yeah. But they they really struggled against the Marlins in years past. And we talked about it a few weeks ago. They beat the Marlins. They swept the Marlins in Miami for the first time in like eleven years. And it was the first series win in Miami since 2019. So and they they haven't played the Mets well, but they're beating up on the Nats. They're beating up on the Braves a little bit. Uh, it's been a, I think it's about an even um, season series with the Braves. So, give me a second. Yeah. So, basically, 
uh, going forward, they played uh, Thursday night in Pittsburgh. They won that game eight to seven. Zach Wheeler was excellent. Um, he went seven innings. The problem, though, is the bullpen came in and tried to blow it. So Wheeler went seven, gave up two earned runs, three hits, walked three, had eight strikeouts, only threw 97 pitches. His ERA for the season uh, is now 2.77. Corey Knavel had a clean eighth inning, and then they went to Jerry's familiar for the ninth. He gave up five earned runs. Dominguez had to come in and kind of clean things up. He got two outs on four pitches. Uh, they finished that game up. Uh, Schwarber hit a home run that night. Um, I believe Derek Hall tripled that game. Uh, yeah, that was his first career yeah. triple. Uh, the Friday game, they won that one four to two. That was an extra innings. That was the night that I believe Hoskins hit the home run. Yeah, so they were down two nothing. Schwarber single, uh, Hoskins single, and then a Hoskins two run homer in the extra innings. Um, Dominguez got the win. Brogdon got the save. He was really good in relief. Um, Saturday night, uh, Fireman Joe was in attendance for this one. He and his girlfriend took a trip to Pittsburgh. Uh, they won that one two to one. Uh, JT Romuto home run in the tenth inning. Um, Canable pitched two innings, was really good. Um, he's been, you know, what's weird is if you look at Canable's numbers, or you, you go, wow, this guy's actually really good. Yeah. But when you watch him play, he's blowing the four saves, and every time he blew a save, it was spectacular. Um, well, we and saw then it. Sunday, yeah, we were at the one. Sunday we saw them um, kind of, you know, sweep them out. Um, eight two good guys. Um, Joe Bland hit a home run. Alec Bohm hit a home run. Uh, Castellanos had a couple RBIs. Castellanos, by the way, hitting like 430 since the uh, altercation with uh, Jim Salisbury. So, and he hit a home run the other day after after Vince Scully died. So, he's um. <laughs> Didn't I call it? <laughs> I yeah, there was a shooting at <clears throat> there was a shooting at a mall yesterday, in uh, at the Mall of America. So I was thinking Castellanos for a home run last night, but Jesus. fortunately the game didn't last long enough for him to get another at bat. Although. We'll get to it in a second. He had a really nice play last night. Oh yeah, I was going to mention that too. But what what uh, altercation with John Salisbury? I must have um, missed so like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, Salisbury asked him if he hears the booze in the crowd. Ah, oh. and Castiano said, "No, I actually, I don't. I I'm deaf in my my one ear or something like that." So, <laughs> and then ever since then, he's hitting like four hundred. <laughs> what a line! I missed it. I forgot. About Weirdly that. enough, so while that beef was happening, apparently on Twitter, um, Matt Gelb, who writes for the Athletic, and Jamie Apodi, who works for NBC Ten, got into some kind of an altercation on Twitter that night too, which was so weird. So Castellanos <laughs> not on. only hits home runs after um, <laughs> after conflict, he also creates it. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, he's a so, polarizing individual. Yeah, he's like my sunglasses, very polarized. Um, <laughs> Tuesday night, we're not going to talk about the uh, the, the drubbing in Atlanta. The Phillies were terrible. That was the bullpen game. Nick Nelson started that one. Spencer Strider and his huge thighs won the game. Um, Braves destroyed the Phillies. Uh, Austin Riley destroys the Phillies, by the way. So, What was it, though? Like, What, what could you pinpoint if you had to just sum it up? Was it just that they weren't in it, pitching? Was it like shell-shocking? Uh-huh. Well, Atlanta? I mean, Canable getting destroyed in the seventh <laughs> inning doesn't help. Um, or the sixth inning doesn't help. Um, his ERA went up a full point that inning. I, they just didn't hit. Uh, Strider's a really good pitcher. It looks like they had four hits all game. Castellanos had one of them. Um, Hall had, had two of them, and uh, Stott had one. So the bottom of the order kind of did stuff, but the top of the order did nothing. So, Do you like th- Hall in the lineup still? I think it's cooled off his like coming up. I think he's cooled off a little bit. Yeah, he's not as good as he was when he first came up, but he's. Um, I think he's still – Worth having in there until Harper gets back. Um, Hall, I think, serves a purpose because he does have some thunder. 
Um, so he can provide you with, you know, power. And right now they've the only left-handed bat in the lineup that's really doing anything is Schwarber. So mm. I don't mind. And with DD gone and Stott not really hitting, you need a little bit of a balance there because in the middle you have Castellanos, Hoskins, and um, and Real Muto and Bohm, all all right-handed hitters. You need somebody in there to break it up a little bit. Oh, Dubal's not there, right? No, yeah, they they designated him and Familia for assignment on a trade deadline day. And then they just flat out released Didi yesterday. So that was weird. The Didi thing? Yeah, like who just traded him? I guess it makes sense from the standpoint that you had Segura coming back. Um, yeah, but for sure. I don't really understand the Sosa trade. We'll get to that. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, we'll get to it. Literally seconds, but the Sosa thing kind of confused me. I Romero sucks, but I, whatever. Um, so game two was Wednesday. Uh, did you happen to catch any of this? Nah, I was at yeah, work. I, I was at work too. Wheeler was excellent, and uh, Castellanos hit a home run in the. Um, so Vin Scully passed away late Tuesday night. Mm. Um, I did not have the wherewithal to put um, any money on a Castellanos home run the next day. I just didn't have any faith in it. Um, but I was the game work, also so. started like twelve o'clock. So yeah, yeah, those weird. weird those weird ones. I got a notification on my phone. It was like two thirty. I'm like, oh shit, it's the seventh inning. Um, they won that game. Wheeler was really good. And then last night, um, Noah Syndergaard technically gets a, um, a complete game, I think. Um, Asterisk? Yeah. It was, so the Phillies were up 5-4 after four and a half innings. Uh, you need to play at least the top half of the fifth if the home team is winning so the game could be official. Rain started coming. Syndergaard was not good. Espino was not good. Um, Hoskins hit a home run in the first, had an RBI single, and then a boom three-run bomb. Um Castellanos had a really nice play in right field. It pretty much Dude. saved the game, honestly, because it was over after that. Yeah. Um, the, I think the bases might have been loaded, and there was a fly ball to him, and he, he caught it and threw the guy out at home. So, uh, But the Nats had 11 hits. The Phillies had seven in only four and a half innings. He had two plays. He had two plays. I think it was in that same inning. Um, deep right deep right shot. I think it bounced off the wall, something like that. And he throws yeah. it to second, basically – no doubles. It was a long base yeah. hit. That was the same inning that the ball uh, landed in front of him too. So that was a, quite the roller coaster for him. Yeah, that was the, the only one yeah. bomb he didn't go for. Then you were like, yeah. "Well, if he went for it, it would have been equally mad. It would have yeah. been past him. It would have rolled all the way to the warning <laughs> track." Um, yeah. So I mean, he, he the one ball. I somebody said, "Oh, Harper catches it." It's all three quarters of the way off the wall. No one's catching that. That's not his I mean, release spot anyway. Yeah, but he did do a good job keeping that runner off second base. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe that guy probably scored anyway because I think they scored like three inning or three runs that inning. Yeah, uh, but he made a great play to finish the game. Like I guess literally finish the game <laughs> or the inning anyway. Yeah, and then he brought the rain. <laughs> brought the rain. So the rain was weird. Um, so we were in attendance. It was absolutely beautiful when the not, game started. Not you and I, for clarification. Uh, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not us. So I was I was at the game last night and um, it was hotter than a firecracker. Like 100 degrees and humid. Um, uh, w- when we were walking past one of the parking lots, I could hear one of the attendants, their uh, walkie was going off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said we're expecting 34,000 tonight and 21,000 had already entered the building. So, so well, pretty close to a packed house on top of the fact that it was 100 degrees outside. So that's why it was so humid. Um, also, the return of Gene Segura and yeah. Yeah, Syndergaard, the new acquisition. And starting. Marsh. And Marsh. I mean, um, it's, a good, it's a good time to be in yeah. Philadelphia. The clouds were fine. The whole time, this old guy next to me had his phone out looking at a radar, and I'm like, oh, Christ, it's going to rain. And then like, when we got to the fifth inning, it was like, we're about 15 minutes away from rain, according to my phone. Mm-hmm. And as soon as Cassianos made that throw, 
here comes the rain. Everybody <laughs> bolts to the concourse. Um, we stayed up there, and then we we wound up leaving. It was like it's going to rain till eleven thirty tonight. I'm not waiting two hours to watch this slop. And when we were walking to our car, it was actually not raining. And then when we left, it really wasn't raining either. Oh, and then no. we, were, we were halfway home; it started raining again. So you made the right yeah. choice. Yeah. On the on the radio, they kept saying that um, it was going to start up again. So you made the right choice. Yeah. And then you got to see the uh, the football that we'll get into yes. later on. Yes, you, we saw yeah. the. Uh, the Super Bowl preview or AFC Championship game. Is that what one with? Yes. AFC Championship game. Hall of Fame game because all those players will be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Derek Carr, who didn't play, will be in the Hall of Fame. Derek Carr, Derek Carr, who offered to buy a car for Devontae Adams if he signed an extension with the Raiders. Oh, yeah, that guy. I... They, they interviewed him both last night. And, uh, Carr was like, Yeah, I can just have one of the ones in my garage. He said, No, you, you offered to buy one. <laughs> Um, uh, just to put a bow on this uh, Philly segment, uh, today we have Kyle Gibson at the mound versus oh Josiah Gray. So hammer the over. Hammer the over? Oh, for sure. And then Saturday we have Ranger Suarez versus Patrick Corbin. Oh, hammer the over. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sunday is the matchup we've been all been waiting for. <laughs> Double A, Aaron Nola versus Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, there's no starting pitcher announced yet for the Nats. Um uh, it looks like it might be Corey Abbott who just pitched the other night against the against Jacob Degrom and he beat him. Um, Jesus, he might be but, on the uh, At the time of recording, it, it's probably going to be anonymous. I'll take anonymous because you never know what the anonymous. Um, one last thing. Yes. The game was five two, if I'm not mistaken. Then that inning kind of got out of hand for Noah. Mm-hmm. It became five four. Thankfully for a basically a game tying throw from Cassianos to home plate mm-hmm. it would have been 5-5 five, five. and I said it to you and I said it to coworkers prior to this series they were like oh this should be a four game sweep for the mm-hmm. Nats because they basically gave everybody up I'm like true but these are the Phillies and they did just drop three to the Cubs yeah and they do are, they are due to just come up a stinker to a team that we thought we were going to beat do you think the rest of the series going forward are we two two, or do we lose a couple? Do we lose one, or did we sweep it all the way? My thought is, I think they are going to drop maybe two because they could have dropped last night. Noah was not good at all. No, he, he was really bad. He was hittable all over the place. Yeah, they, they were smacking him all over. I'll, I'll chalk that up a little bit to him having to fly across country and basically pitch without having really even met his teammates. Especially um, JT, who's important. Yeah, very important. Also, for what it's worth, I was saying this actually last night in the car ride home. Uh, pitchers are so like, like they're they're so like habitual, mm-hmm. like they're, they're creatures of habit. Noah was actually slated to start on Tuesday, uh, which would have put him on regular rest. So he actually pitched with two extra days of rest. And Oof. for pitchers, you would think that might be like a benefit, but they like pitching. That they're very like, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? They're very oriented. Yeah, like they're, they're very, like they they have a uh, like a routine. It's mm-hmm. you know you throw this day, you have a day off, then do a little bit of a bullpen, then maybe do this, and you hit the song, whatever. And so him getting two extra days of rest probably didn't benefit him. Although they need to keep him fresh down the stretch. Um, but if people think they're getting the Noah Syndergaard from 2016, um, bad news. This is the uh, the new Noah Syndergaard. This is kind of the um, I don't know how to explain him, but not that good. 
bottom of the rotation guy. Yeah, he's in number five right now for the Phillies. Well, maybe the four with um, with uh, the way Gibson's pitching. But at the very least, it's it's Eflin Insurance because if he doesn't come back, which it seems like he probably won't, That's at sucks. least you have a, a guy who's pitched before in a pennant race. And who's pitched at this ballpark before as a Met. Yeah, yeah. it's not like he hasn't pitched in the park before. Um, to answer your question, I think they take three. I think they probably drop. If they drop any, it'll be tonight. Uh, Josiah Gray is pretty good, and Kyle Gibson's been really bad lately. So mm. I like I like Suarez against Corbin. Corbin might be the worst pitcher in baseball. And then <laughs> Nola on Sunday pitching against a ghost. I, I like I, Nola's been a pretty good pitcher this year, and I think it's uh, that's a game where he might just like stop the bleeding a little bit if they do lose tonight. All right. Also, sometimes trading all your all your players away. Um, kind of unites the players in the uh, that are remaining. You know, they don't think we're good enough. Let's let's play a little harder. And they brought in a good player in Luke Voigt, who's immediately going to be the three hitter. So I think sometimes the young teams, when they don't have anything to play for, you kind of play with house money. And you want to play spoiler for the team that you hate the most. And I think the Nats either hate the Phillies or the Mets the most. So they want to play spoiler against both of them. That's a good question for a, a Nats fan. Who is your like true rival? Well. It's going to be hard finding one. <laughs> All right. Um, let's transition to the big uh, MLB trade deadline, man. I thought uh, I did a decent entree. job, but everything just opened up <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, not much happened, in fairness, before. Um, like, you recorded, what, Friday morning? Yeah, I did so, the best I could, and it was just like literally within that week, it was only three moves. That I think the, the biggest move was probably the Benintendi move. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that shocked me. Benintendi, yeah. So the Benintendi thing, I don't know how many people have been talking about this. So he was um, he was unvaccinated when he was on the Royals. He was one of the 10 Royals that couldn't go to Canada. Uh, when trading for him, people were saying in New York, well, he's not going to be able to play in Toronto. What good is he? Um, supposedly he's open to getting it now. And then there's also another player that the Royals traded away to the Blue Jays that we'll get to later who uh, is officially vaccinated. So that's uh, apparently it's weird. That's like a selling point for some of these deadline guys. Oh yeah. But uh, I think a lot of the guys in the Royals just didn't care because the team sucked, uh, but were willing to do it if they made the play, if they were going to a team that could make the playoffs. Um, Especially the Yankees, one of the top teams. Yeah. yeah. You want me to shave my beard? All right, let's (laughs) go for it. It's so they, they traded for a relief pitcher from the A's that had this big, like hulking beard and his first game there it was like dark because of the, the shadow like you can tell this guy just like he wakes up and shoots out a beard um <laughs> so ben Attendi was the first you know big name off the board people think it was a panic move because they lost to the mets um mm-hmm. i think this honestly i think this is probably a move that had like two weeks in the making because yeah. it seemed like the, the, the something that they had to be working on the, the thing that amazed me is so i understand he's a rental we're not going to go in depth on every single one of these, but I understand he's a rental. But giving up two guys that aren't your top ten prospects is a is a good job by the Yankees to make that happen. So good for them. They basically did what I wanted the Phillies to do, which was get a relief pitcher, a starting pitcher, and an outfielder. But they got a better reliever, a better starting pitcher, and a better outfielder than the Phillies did. He's the latest uh, Red Sox to transition to yeah. a Yankee, but obviously there's a split in the middle. Yeah, the, uh, the Kevin Euclidus and. Uh, Johnny Damon syndrome yeah. and Jacoby Ellsbury syndrome. Now, the thing is, he did not go there willingly. I mean, I'm sure he kind of did. I mean, he signed off. He, he didn't yeah. Sign, yeah, he didn't sign a contract, though, though, the way Damon did, like, uh, like yeah. Judas. Um, Shaved face. And uh, 
Yeah, so he is open to becoming microchipped. There's no um, there's no news yet on whether he has or hasn't. Um, another outfielder who hit two home runs last night for the Mets. The Mets acquired Tyler Naquin from the Reds as the Reds' fire sale kind of started. Um, is that, are you so surprised he, by that? I'm actually not. I'm surprised the Mets got another outfielder, but I think they needed one anyway. Um, actually, I didn't list it here. I think you talked about Daniel Vogelbach went to the Mets too. Yeah, that that was a good trade for them because he provides them a little bit of thunder. He's gonna be. He's probably gonna platoon with Darren Ruff, who they also got at the DH spot, and he's an upgrade for him. He's been good. I think he had a grand slam the other night. Yeah, you can hit. He had one last. He had a homer last night too. Uh, hey. He went back to back with Alonzo, probably the the heaviest back to back combo in major leagues. <laughs> but those two dudes can rake. Um, but Naquin came up with the uh, the Indians, and then last year with the Reds, he was actually on my fantasy team last year. It was a pretty good season last year, kind of mm-hmm. like an under the radar guy, like a Brandon Geyer kind of player. Um, but he, he's just like they probably didn't have to give anything up for him. Uh, Luis Castillo, the Castillo trade happened before you recorded. Was that right after? After. I think it was Friday night. Uh, yeah. The Mariners winning the Luis Castillo sweepstakes. You have three of their top five prospects for him. Uh, Mariners are going for it. I mean, they're so close. They were, they were what a game or two away last season. Yeah, they were right on the cusp. They're a fun team. Yeah, they're, they're a lot. Of, they're very cool. They got Jesse Winker before the season. Just they're just taking all the Reds' best players. They got Jesse Winker before the season started. They um, they traded for a backup catcher, I believe. I think they got Kurt Casale as well. Mm. Um, but Castillo, I think, is is somebody that he, he slots so well on that team. It's a bigger ballpark. He can pitch to contact. He can strike guys out. And I believe his first start with the Mariners, let me double check it, I think he's going to come in the Bronx uh, against the Yankees who were August in on 19? him. Yeah, I wish. Uh, unless uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm a jerk off and I just got it backwards. It could work uh, out. Though. Am I stupid? Am I stupid? I probably am. Um, I, if not tonight, it's, but I, I would imagine he's pitching tonight. Uh, what team is it? Seattle. This is riveting. <laughs> um uh, no Robbie Ray pitches tonight. This is entertaining side. So not nothing listed for I thought he Who would cares? go to the Padres. I don't know. I mean figured everybody was just gonna go to the Padres. <laughs> I mean Christ. I mean they, the, uh, well we'll talk about it later, but they the got first a bullet point. The first bullet point we put here for deadline madness is holy cannoli the Padres traded for Juan Soto. Oh, I didn't um, even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, Chris Martin, not the one from Coldplay, ah. tra- traded from the Cubs to the Dodgers, <laughs> to the Dodgers for outfielder uh, Zach McKinstry. McKinstry sucks. Martin sucks. This is nothing. I had, clocks, the on the, I had clocks like oh, on standby you? just to play. Uh, we were all, it was all yellow. Um, Edmundo <laughs> Sosa traded to the Phillies for JoJo Romero, another trade of just bad player for bad player that happened to be different positions. Yeah, but you said you were surprised earlier. Yes. The Phillies have like 11 shortstops now. Well, I guess now they have 10 because Didi's gone, but they they already had Munoz, another former Cardinal. They had Didi, they had Stott, and they had Segura coming back. I, I, Romero kind of sucks. And Sosa, I guess, if you do make the playoffs, could be a late-inning defensive replacement maybe for Boehm or something. Mm-hmm. But he can't hit worth like worth a lick. And he's also the guy that hit the umpire in the head with the baseball earlier this season. <laughs> It, it Which is probably my favorite highlight. I didn't realize it was him. Me neither. Until you sent it to me, I'm like, oh, shit. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, oh, cool. He was just destined to be here. <laughs> uh, the Rays acquire outfielder David Peralta from the D-backs. I oh, love pause. that move. Real, real, real quick. Yes. Imagine if there was like a bad call in first base <laughs> and he plunks it. Philadelphia would cheer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Maybe. Right. Would, we would have to get his jersey. Um, uh, the Diamondbacks. V said. They trade. Oh, what's up? You said, yeah, Rays acquire outfielder David Peralta. Wow. I didn't even yeah. know that one happened. I didn't know either. I, I saw that like yesterday. Under the radar. I, like, I had no idea that happened. Yeah. He's a good player. I, I don't think he's as good as he was like three, four years ago, but he's a really good player and he's perfect for the Rays because they could just put him anywhere in the lineup. Um, and they're bulking up for the postseason run. Yeah, that team. They, they do such a great job every year of just getting guys that are just like good at baseball. And like that's that's all. It's just, oh, this guy's hitting 260. I will right, we'll get him. Yeah, so he's hitting 248 with 12 homers, 42 RBIs. I'm sure he walks a ton, uh, a good bit. Second, third highest OBP of his career. Um, Scott yeah. F. Frost traded from the Cubs to the Yankees. Um, he's uh, one of those guys that came up really late in his career. I think he was like 29 when he came up this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, by all accounts, a really good dude. So, like, cool story. Um, this one shocked me, like, legitimately. Um, the Padres trading for Josh Hader from the Brewers. They give up Taylor Rogers, their own closer, Robert Gasser, Stewie Ruiz, and right-handed pitcher Denelson Lamette, who also just got released like a day after. So, oh, yeah, so the Brewers must not think anything of Denelson Lamette. Um, but Josh Hader, did the, now, why did they do this? Trading your closer away when you're fighting for a playoff spot. The Brewers? Yeah. It, there had to be something in the clubhouse where he was like kind of a dickish or something's going on with the clubhouse or contract situation up. Maybe he even stated, like, I don't want to be here. He was ball. He's probably one of the best closers in the game right now. If not the best. So you would think he's probably on a contract year. He probably wants more money eventually, and they probably can't afford it. Yeah, my two guesses as to why this is happening. So his last couple of outings with the Brewers, he looked human. But he's still great. Yeah. Uh, my guess is they probably want to make Devin Williams a closer because that dude's really good. Mm. And I would Younger. imagine, yeah. And the Padres, I'm sorry, the Brewers are one of those teams that like isn't a big market. So I wonder if they want to sell high on a guy, get something for him, but try to stay competitive in the moment because Taylor Rogers, while he's not Josh Hader, is still decent. Yeah. Um, he he. I think he blew up the other night though. So I mean, it is what it is. Um, the second biggest pitcher. On the move at the deadline was Frankie Montas. Um, he he and Lou Trevino, I spelled that wrong, um, traded from the A's to the Yankees for Ken Waldachuk, J.P. Sears, Luis Medina, and Connor or Cooper Bowman. The only guy there I know is J.P. Sears. Um, pretty good pitcher. Montas is um, essentially replacing Jordan Montgomery, but he's one of those guys that doesn't really pitch past five innings. So. Mm. He's a good pitcher, but he doesn't pit deep into ball games. Trevino has bad numbers this year, but he's really, really talented. Older guy, he had a really thick beard, and his first game with the Yankees, it looks very weird because he had the shadow. So uh. <laughs> another the Yankee monster, uh, Cloppers in another one. Could, Interesting move. Could they transition Frankie Montez to like a a long term reliever in the bullpen? Like if it's if someone gets dinged off in three innings. You bring him in for like another four or five innings? I would think that's possible maybe in the playoffs. The thing with them, though, is they went from having like the best rotation of baseball early on to all of a sudden Cole's got like a 3-8-3 ERA. Tyone's getting killed lately. Montgomery just got traded. Uh, Domingo Herman is terrible. Severino's hurt. And um, and Cortez kind of looks human now. So they went from having a, like a stellar rotation to all of a sudden the rotation's a question mark. And Montas is supposed to be the guy. Well, Castillo was really the one option for them. They wanted to get him. Um, but Montas yeah. kind of 
sort of should solidify that. I guess he'd be the number two for them in the playoffs. Damn. Depending on how Severino comes back, if he does come back, and how um, how Cortez continues to pitch. Um, little piece of news on Luis Severino, the number two pitcher for the uh, Yankees. They mm-hmm. showed him a calendar the other day, so they put him on the 60-day injured list, mm-hmm. and they apparently tried to show him on a calendar when he would come back, and he refused to look. <laughs> Um, Don't tell me that. No. <laughs> Astros make two moves. They get Trey Mancini and Christian Vasquez from the Orioles and Red Sox, respectively. Um, good players. I mean, Vasquez will probably be the yeah. backup catcher. Mancini can hit. He just hit a home run yesterday. Uh, the Red Sox get Tommy Pham from the Reds. And a fascinating move. <laughs> I mean, Tommy Pham. The Pham thing was weird because Ken Rosenthal tweeted, Tommy Pham has been traded, but we don't know where. It was just like... <laughs> Just like he wanted to get the, he wanted to be the first one to break it, but didn't have any actual information. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, he'll the, be making bets in in Boston. Probably, let's see who he slaps there. Um, so this is a rare trade between uh, articles of clothing. Yeah. Um, the White Sox and the Red Sox make a trade with each other. Um, it's like when you wash your reds with your whites, and the whites sock. become pink. Yeah. <laughs> so the White Sox and Red Sox traded Jake Diekman for Reese McGuire. Uh, McGuire, I guess, will kind of replace Vasquez as the catcher for the uh, for the Red Sox. And Jake Tiegman has been pretty good this year. White Sox probably aren't making the playoffs, though. Um, so the Cardinals, this is like the only move the Cards made. They get Jose Quintana and Chris Stratton from the Pirates. Oh, actually, they made another one later, but um, th- this is pretty much all they did. They got it, pitchers. Is this a fire sale on the low? From the Pirates, probably. I mean, Vogelbaum, everyone yeah. basically is going on that team. Yeah, they don't really. The only thing that's weird is they didn't trade Brian Reynolds, who I thought they would get rid of. Mm. Um, he's probably the best player. Um, the shortstop the was. The, uh, well, O'Neill, yeah, he's pretty good too. Yeah. And so is Key Brian Hayes. He's still, um, he's still very green. Yeah, Reynolds is like their best, um, like established player, I guess. Mm. Um, the Cardinals, I think them trading, and we'll get to it later, but they also got Jordan Montgomery from the, from the Yankees. I think these trades are them kind of hedging because it seems like uh, Jack Flaherty might not be back in time for the pennant race. So they probably just want a little bit more depth in the rotation. Yeah. Uh, Braves and Astros make a trade. Jacob Rizzi for Will Smith. Um, kind of nothing, but kind of something. I don't know. Neither is yeah. any good. Uh, Robbie Grossman also traded the Braves. Pretty sure he had a home run against the Phillies. Um, Twins <laughs> acquire closer Jorge Lopez from the Orioles. Now the Orioles selling off their parts is kind of concerning because they were only three games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. And they were a really fun team. That kind of sucks. And then the big one, the uh, the San Diego Padres, they get Juan Soto from the Nats as well as Josh Bell. That's crazy. Yeah. For Mackenzie Gore, CJ Abrams. So Gore is a really good young pitcher. Abrams is the top prospect for them. Luke Voigt, who just played last night. Uh, Robert Hassel, the third. James Wood, who has been compared to Aaron Judge. And then a right-handed pitcher, uh, Harleen Susana. Mm-hmm. Who probably will never play again. Um, so th- the fun part about all this is the uh, the fact that Eric Hosmer was supposed to be in the trade, but he temporarily sabotaged it because he had a, a, a <laughs> no ten team clause. no no trade clause. Oh, and the Nats. Uh, was he's awesome. getting a lot. He's getting a lot of hate for this, but um, he is expecting a child. Uh, he and his wife, so there's a good chance they didn't want to move ah. in the middle of a pregnancy, but they had to move to Boston anyway. So. Uh, <laughs> Now, what are your thoughts on the, the Soto sweepstakes? It was pretty crazy that he actually got traded. I I expected him to be traded because that's the, that's where you get the most bang for your buck. 
Yeah. And during the trade deadline when teams were trying to make the move to get over the hump. Yep. So that was no brainer. The Padres kind of shocked me. I thought it would be the Dodgers, honestly, or the Cardinals for some reason. Maybe the Giants. I thought there was a chance the Giants would do it, yeah. But the Giants are like spiraling out of control. There. I thought the I thought now. the Mets. I thought the Mets made the most sense, but within division, they, no. Yeah, they, they would never do that, especially because they, they got to stare down Bryce Harper twenty times a year. Mm-hmm. Last thing you want to do is stare down Juan Soto twenty times a year, and Max Scherzer. Now, do you think this is a rental? Because so, there's no way you can afford all this. So he's probably not going to get resigned by them. I would assume in two and a half years he's going to be a Met. So he's got the rest of this season. The rest, then all of next season, and then the following season. I saw a very interesting theory on this. Mm-hmm. So Soto, so if they re-sign him, they're gonna have to give him like five hundred million dollars, which would mean that they would have a billion dollars tied into him, Tatis, and Machado, and then a hundred million dollars also into Musgrove, who they just re-signed. Um, if you keep, I saw, Ader, yeah, if they keep Ader, they have to pay him. Yeah, you're right. Um, and I mean, they have a lot. Cronenworth's a pretty good player. Myers is a good player. They have a lot of good players on that team. Grisham. Um, so I mean, if they, um, so if they were to win a title this year or next year, there's a chance that they just trade him at the trade deadline before he's a free agent anyway, and then they can kind of recoup some of those prospects they trade away. So interesting theory because he's like more than just a rental because he's a rental plus. Like he's definitely a rental because in this from the standpoint that the team that gets him is probably not going to resign him. Yeah, long term um, wise. Long term, yeah, and. So there's a chance they trade him anyway in a couple of years, and he ends up on you know the Mets or the who who knows who's going to be good by then. The, the Yankees. Yeah, the Yankees make good sense. Now this will halt all the talks on New York sports radio that I've been here for the last month about whether they can afford Judge and Soto simultaneously <laughs> because <laughs> that dominated the airwaves the last month on the uh, the Michael K show. Now that would have been a fun outfield though, having Stanton, Soto, and Judge on the same team. Hold your breath. There's two more years, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> then they'll probably get him anyway. Now this probably takes the Padres out of the running for Judge in the offseason. Oh yeah, for sure. Otherwise, they want to have two billion tied into four players. Yeah. Now, no way. That also puts a little bit less pressure on the Yankees, or a little bit, le- a little bit more pressure on the Yankees. I'm sorry to to sign Judge because backup plan number one is no longer available. He's gone. So, so th- this does impact the judge market because if teams are interested in him, like the Mets and the Dodgers and the uh, the Giants, now the other guy that they could have had, if not him, is no longer there. So, would you, if you were a team, if you were a GM, real quick, would you go after Soto or would you go after Judge? Great question. Um, probably Soto, even though it's going to cost you more. But he's younger. Judge is thirty. Soto's twenty three. And Soto's numbers are similar to Ted Williams through this point in his career, whereas Judge has had the injury issues. Obviously, he's gonna, he might even he might break the the American League home run record this year. I don't know, sixty one from Roger Maris. But I mean, keeps sitting him down. Yeah, the, the injury thing. He's a big dude. He's playing center field now. He plays in the AL, which means he has to play on turf uh, eighteen times a year between Toronto and Tampa. So. Turf really takes a toll on your lower body. Um, I, that's good. I, I would probably go after Soto. Mm-hmm. Left-handed Thunder is uh, is like one of those things you just want. A and he's been an amazing player through this point in his career. He's never been hurt. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next trade was almost as big. Uh, the Blue Jays acquire a couple of relief pitchers from the Marlins. Anthony Bass, which was very disheartening. 
It's always sad when the Marlins trade away a player that has a fish for a last name. Um, but trading away Anthony Bass kind of sucked. And then Zach Pop, <laughs> fun name for shortstop Jordan Grosjean's. Uh, the Dodgers acquired Joey Gallo, who you spoke about last week. Um, I'm telling for you. their number 15 prospect, Clayton Beater. Now, Gallo was trained. Yeah, it's a great name, too. Um, <laughs> so now he gets to hit against Clayton Gershaw. <laughs> Um, so oh Gallo was goodness. traded last year's deadline from from uh, from the Texas Rangers to the Yankees. They gave up a lot to get him, and they got very little to get rid of him. So Gallo, now three of the bottom ten batting averages in baseball are all on the Dodgers. Between Gallo, um, Bellinger, and Muncie, talking about a fall from grace. Those three guys were like MVP candidates a couple of years ago. For sure. Um, now, I just see. to stick it to the Yankees, his first hit as a Dodger was a single the other way yesterday. <laughs> and all we had, all I had to hear about on sports radio was that he never changes his approach for the last six months. Boom. Instant change. I think it was needed for both of them. I think we spoke with him and through text. I think this was much needed. Like, he needed a change of scenery. It wasn't working out. Maybe too much pressure. Maybe personal life. It wasn't going well. Obviously, it's sad, though. He couldn't walk out the street because he knew... Yeah. The noise that he would get if he was that was horrible. That's kind of sad, and he he seemed like a real good dude. Yeah, good good player, but it just wasn't working out. Yeah, dude hit forty home runs the previous year, or the previous full season. I, I like him a lot. I like Joey Gallo. Yeah, he seems I, like such a cool dude. I still think what I said last week will hold true, and now it's even more true because he's on a, another contending team. Not like he got traded to the Royals or something yeah, like that. I was I was concerned he would get traded to a bull, like a bummy team like the Twins or something. Yeah, now that he's on the Dodgers, it's even more or less pressure. Just go out there and swing and have fun. It's loosey-goosey. West Coast, it's not that East Coast on top of <laughs> Dude, you. You're not the only sub-200 hitter on the team anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, no. he'll, he'll do all right. He did have two strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to say it's an overnight sensation. 30% strikeout right on the season is pathetic um I, I do like that move for the dodgers he's a free agent this offseason and if i'm the phillies and maybe taking a look at him um for cheap now the red sox acquire my favorite player yes eric hosmer the man who's uh, almost sabotaged the um the soto deal a la matt geiger in 1999 isn't um, he even that good anymore hosmer no um he's in like 270 but he, he doesn't have any pop anymore Two prospects. So, so Hosmer was traded with two prospects in exchange for one prospect, uh, Jay Groom, who was actually a former Phillies prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, the year they drafted Moniak, they took Groom in the second round. Um, so, the, so he has forty-six million dollars left on his contract. The Padres are paying forty-three million dollars of that. Jesus. Now, the way this works, it's a very complicated thing. But your average annual value on your contract actually changes relative to the time that you were traded. So this actually saves them $5 million in luxury tax money. It's the only reason the Padres are paying that much of it. And the Red Sox now have a pretty tradable asset because Hosmer can still help teams. He's got three years left on his contract, but he's only making like $750,000 a year. So he becomes a tradable asset in the offseason, or he can just stay there. Um, he seems Phillies, like a cancer, honestly. Yeah, uh, seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Favorite player. Um, nah, I have sorry. three Eric Hosmer jerseys in my closet. Um, oh, and he's a he, sensation. He's the best. <laughs> he's he's a big reason they won the World Series Kansas City in 2016. He is He should be um, a Yankee. Oh God, I would love that. He would look weird without a beard, though. Oh, he's always had a beard. Oh, all right. He's always had like kind of a beard. Okay. 
Uh, Phillies finally getting on the action. Yes. They acquired David Robertson from the Cubs for Ben Brown. Ben Brown was actually having a really good year in double A. Um, but Robertson is back. Um, David Robertson, three years and seven months to the um, since he signed the contract with the Phillies in 2019, finally got a save the other day. So long time in the making. Long time coming. Phillies also acquired Brandon Marsh yes. from the Angels for catcher Logan O'Hoppy. Logan O'Hoppy was the Phillies' like sixth top prospect. He's their number one prospect now for the uh, Angels. So that's how depleted their farm system must be. Holy shit. Uh, the Mets acquire uh, Darren Ruff. They trade another big guy, J.D. Davis, who kills the Phillies, so get him out of the division. J.D. Davis traded to the um, the Giants. Davis hit a home run last night. Was that a, a lateral move for both teams? It's a good question. Um, I think it is, but they get a guy who's a little bit better in rough, and the Giants get a little bit younger guy. J.D. Mm-hmm. Davis probably like 26, 27. Ruff's like 35. Um, former Philly, Darren Ruff. Yeah. Twins acquired Tyler Maley from the Reds for three prospects. The Reds did a good job. Um, they got three of the top five prospects from the Mariners, and they got three of the top 14 prospects from the Twins for Maley and uh, Castillo. So they did a good job this um, deadline. Uh, Brandon Drury, perhaps the most underrated player trade at the deadline. And they're not done. No. <laughs> Brandon Drury, yeah. Reds give up another player. I forgot he was a red. Uh, Brandon Drury traded um, for number six prospect from the uh, the Padres. Drury hit a grand slam his first at bat as a, as a Padre on, uh, no on Wednesday night. <laughs> um, Kirk Casale traded to the Giants, or from the Giants to the Mariners. Twins and Guardians make a trade. This is such a Guardians trade. Create a backup catcher for a relief pitcher. Um, Ian Hamilton traded for Sandy Leone. Twins also get Michael Fulmer from the Tigers. We're kind of getting to the other uh, tail end here. The Blue Jays got Mitch White from the Dodgers for a player to be named later. Phillies traded anonymous. for Noah Syndergaard. Yeah, basically anonymous. <laughs> Cash considerations. Uh, the Phillies get Noah Syndergaard from the Angels for Mickey Moniak and Yadiel Sanchez. This was a surprising move. This did take catch me off guard um yes fun, i have a small story to tell sure um a couple of weeks ago my a couple of my friends went to a phillies game and when they were in their seats john middleton was actually in their section and nope. they were t- they were talking to john middleton and one of my friends asked about trading for Syndergaard, <laughs> and he said oh well maybe and <laughs> put up a smoke screen <laughs> and oh, lo and behold they get oh, Syndergaard. <laughs> oh my gosh now I like him with the longer hair. This whole thing where he has it tied up like a little knot in the back. That's why I didn't play very crazy. well yesterday. It probably cut the circulation in his head. I don't know. It looked weird. Oh, his fastball uh, had nothing on it. <laughs> yeah, his curveball was nice, though. Yeah, his cur- he did throw a couple of good curveballs. That was a huge strike zone for what it's worth last night, too. Yeah. We had seats behind home plate, and the plate was here. And here's a pitch, a foot off the plate. Strike three to Schwarber. Schwarber's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> It's I need amazing. another outburst from Schwarber. Yeah. It's amazing Thor only had two strikeouts. Oh yeah, I'm surprised he even got out of the got yeah. out of there. With now Thor. Mickey Moniak um, hit. So here's a fun fact: Noah Syndergaard allowed 11 hits last night in his mm-hmm. first start with the Phillies. Mickey Moniak in parts of three seasons only had 12 hits as a Philly. <laughs> Jesus Christ! So Angels win the trade. Uh, three more <laughs> trades. One of them actually all, all pretty impactful. Yankees acquire Harrison Bader, the outfielder from the Cardinals, for Jordan Montgomery, the pitcher. Now, this surprised a lot of people. Um, Montgomery had been pretty reliable, nothing special, but reliable for the Yankees. Yeah. And Bader is currently injured with plantar fasciitis. So this might be like a long-term thing. He might be the replacement for Benintendi next year. 
And then by the time he moves on in free agency, Jason Dominguez comes up. So possibly. But, but another thing that I think the Cardinals are just getting pitching because I don't think Flaherty's going to be back. Um, Blue Jays get Whit Merrifield. He is now vaccinated as well. Uh, two prospects to the Royals. And then Dodgers trading. I'm sorry, the uh, Angels trading Rysel Iglesias to the Braves for two nothing pitchers. I mean, the Braves, like, the Braves are one of those teams, I think I mentioned this in the past, but one of those teams that when they make a move, it might seem like nothing, but it always pays dividends and always bites us, bites us specifically in the rear end. It might seem insignificant, but it's it, it's always for a guy that'll fit right in. So Iglesias basically replaces Will Smith, who they traded away. Now, here's a, I saw this on Twitter. I don't know if it's true, but the Yankees trading Montgomery, supposedly they had a, a deal lined up for Pablo Lopez from Ooh. the Marlins right after. But apparently that fell through last minute. So they wound up trading Montgomery contingent on the fact that they were going to get this Lopez guy from the Marlins and it didn't happen. So that's a little disheartening. Another reason it for is, fans honestly. to hate Brian Cashman. <laughs> it is. I mean, some of the, the Marlins, they can do a thousand fire sales and yet still be competitive. And still and, beat the Phillies. And beat the Phillies. <laughs> It doesn't matter. You can throw a skeleton crew out there. They'll beat the Phillies. It's Two out of three. It's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm glad a lot of things have happened, though. And it looks like a lot of teams are going all in and going for the playoff instead of just yeah. riding what they got, like the Mets, in a way. Even though the Mets did do a lot in the beginning, made some trades. But I'm excited to see yeah. the finish of this season. Do you think the extra wildcard team helps to keep – more teams invested in the playoff race. Oh yeah, and it also helps the trade deadline because now you have more teams thinking they have a shot. Yeah, to get so in. So if if you are a rebuilding team, you have more more suitors potentially for a player. Well, shocking was um, the Orioles and Reds are now just deciding to ah, this is giveaway because they were red hot for a while, especially yeah. the Reds. Yeah, I mean the Reds kind of stink either way. I would they like do, to see Joey but... Votto on a different team. See him get a chance to go win a title. But the Orioles decided to kind of mail it in down the stretch, trading their closer and their like three hitter. That that really kind of sucks because they were they were a couple games out of a wild card spot. I know that they weren't probably going to win a championship this year, but get that team to the playoffs. That's I mean that's, that's the whole extra, purpose. To get in the playoffs. Revenue, it's experience. Yeah. Who knows what they they could be like the Marlins a couple years ago getting in the playoffs. I don't know. Just that what do you say? I don't know I have an Orioles fan, but I don't know if they the Phillies did that, I'd just be disheartened. I'm like, all right, y'all gave up on us already. Like, yeah, it would be like the Eagles last year when they're fighting for a spot to get in the playoffs. They all of a sudden they trade off a couple old guys, and you're like, well, that sucks. Like, you just decide we're not going to go for it now. Unreal. But speaking of the Eagles, I mean, football season back. Football's back. Thank beast to God. Thanks, beast to God. We kicked things off last night with a marquee matchup. Ah, Josh McDaniels and Doug Peterson, the battle of the uh, the visors. Oh, I forgot that was even yeah. a matchup. Yeah, they talked to Dougie Peter in the uh, broadcast last night. He's got a dog that looks just like mine. Um, <laughs> Is that why you searched? They, yeah, yeah. They showed <laughs> pictures of him like during his like semi retirement, and one of them was him on a boat with his dog. It was like, oh, that looks like mine. The Cavalier. Yeah, oh, or nice. the the little. He's got like a little poodle. Oh, okay. Oh, I've slept right through this entire game, honestly. Oh, well, it's hard not to. <laughs> you missed a, a riveting quarterback matchup between Jake Luton, uh, Kyle Sloter. Um, Savage name. 
Who's the other guy? Schloeder. Uh So you got Jake Luton, Kyle Schloeder, Davis Jar- Mills, Jared Stidham, and Nick Mullins. <laughs> Nick Mullins. Wow. What a sighting. There were, wow. Not a lot going on. Not a whole lot of players. Oh, Josh Jacobs had a couple carries. Five carries, 30 yards. That's At least they gave the fans something. Yeah. All right. Um, Raiders defeating the Jags in the Hall of Fame game. I thought this was a preseason. Like, it is, yeah. It's a preseason game. It was the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. 27-11. I mean, I don't really have anything was, to talk and about. The over-under was 30 and a half? 30 and a half. The Raiders were minus two and a half. <sighs> How did somebody got, somebody got rich last night. <laughs> Um, did, during the uh, broadcast, yeah. I was just gonna say, how did uh, Devontae Adams look in his Raider debut, or did he uh, play? No catches, no yards, no touchdowns. Oh. I don't know if he played. He was in. Him and Carr were in their jerseys when they interviewed them in the fourth quarter, but I don't know. I, I Carr definitely didn't play, and Trevor Lawrence didn't play either. But I don't um, think he played. I don't think Adams played. I don't think Adams played. It's your it's your debut within a new team. The quarterback doesn't throw. It's the best receiver on the team. <laughs> He's already done. Uh, more as a Raider than Antonio Brown did. <laughs> that's, saying, that's not so saying a lot, though. He apparently grew up a a, a Raider fan. There were uh, pictures Oakland. of, uh, yeah, they were, um, and he went to Fresno State. He's from Cali. Um, Melissa Stark, who is the new um, sideline reporter replacing Michelle Tafoya, <sighs> she was uh, talking to Carr and um, Adams toward the end of the game, uh, like interviewing them. And they showed a couple of photos from when uh, Adam was a younger kid and he had a bunch of Raiders jerseys and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, it, it, I looked at the highlights, only about a couple minutes of it. Chris Collinsworth and much. Tariqa. Well, no, it was more. I just stopped uh, it at two minutes. I was just saying, I'm surprised they managed to find two, two minutes for the highlights. Is, I don't know if this is them just working out the kinks, yeah. those three as a unit. Because I did hear her in the background, like as a mm-hmm. voiceover. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. Tariko is kind of too reserved. And then Collinsworth is just dead, basically. So I, I don't know. I completely forgot about the shuffling of announcers until they, somebody mentioned it on the radio the other day. So you got so Tariko. So these guys have worked together before, Tariko and Collinsworth. They've done games before. Yeah. It's, just, it's weird that they don't have the chemistry. I mean, I, you're never going to find chemistry with somebody the way that Collinsworth and Michaels did. Yeah, but so so Tariko and Collinsworth and Stark are the new Sunday Night Crew. Monday Night Football is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman now on ESPN. That would be nice. Fox is what Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson until Brady retires. Yeah, what's going on here? I don't know um, what's going on. This um, is craziness. Oh, uh, somebody's mopping. Yes. And then I, we have the same mop, I'm pretty sure. Oh, really? Yeah. I, <laughs> I recognize the it. sound. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And so CBS still has Romo and Nance, so at least there's some consistency in our lives. <laughs> and then freaking Prime, Amazon Prime has Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. That is a wild matchup. That is the weirdest thing. I've had. That's got to be the most bizarre combo. And they kick off the season. Oh, is that it? Prime has the first game? Usually, right? Thursday night. I th- yeah, well, I know that uh, Sunday Night Football definitely has the first game. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> it just better be clean over there. It's just going to riff for a few seconds here. Uh, PA Term Pod brought to you free by Anchor, as always. So, yeah, uh, anybody out there that's a, uh, you know, an announcing nerd like myself, um, Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit are going to still do the um, the Sunday night, uh, sorry, the Saturday night game for ABC. 
Um, but Herbstreit is actually still, he's going to do both NFL and um, college. And I would imagine that the second crew for ESPN, when they have the two games on Monday nights, will probably be Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreit. So you might hear Herbstreit three times a week, which would be pretty cool. Because Steve Levy is no longer the guy. And Brian Greasy took a job with the, the 49ers. And Lewis Riddick, I don't know what he's doing, but he's—I think he's still on ESPN. So he's there's a chance we analysts. get, yeah, there's a chance we get Herb Street and Fowler doing the uh, the Eagles game when they play the Vikings, and we'll be at. Breaking news on the pod, by the way, we will be attending Eagles Vikings. Yes, it's I'm very excited. exciting. My yes, person, probably only time in, in yeah, the link. I've been to the link, I think once. I actually, I was at the link twice. I was at the first preseason game when they played the Packers. Um, I think the year they opened it, and then I was at the game. Deshaun Jackson got killed against the Falcons in 2010. <laughs> it doesn't bode well for yeah. someone getting killed. You're like yeah. Cassianos, probably. Yeah, Kevin Cobb. Cassianos probably had a home run in college that day. Uh, Kevin Cobb <laughs> was quarterback that day. Oh, that fuck that moron, <laughs> Kevin Cobb. That dude sucked. Double K over there. Come on now. Yeah, that was what a disaster. Kevin I can't Cobb. believe they traded McNabb just for him. <laughs> Disrespect. Yeah. Um, I I didn't so listen did, to I don't listen to much yeah. college football, right? Mm-hmm. So, Kurt Herbstreit and Fowler are probably like the top tier. They're my gold standard. They're they're I think are phenomenal. It, it, they did a couple. Of, um, they NFL do the, games. the big games though, right? The, yeah, they the do like the finale. Saturday night games. Yeah, they do like the. Ohio State, Michigan at seven o'clock, and then no, I Cal mean the, Stanford. I mean the other one, the oh, like the, the championship game. Yeah, they do the playoff. Because I heard of that when this past one against Alabama and Georgia, oh, right? Georgia, they, yeah, they were phenomenal. Uh, Fowler and is he's great. They were phenomenal, and so now when and we were talking about greatest commentating, and then when the shuffle happened, and now that I get to hear Herb Street now doing. NFL games, it excited me. Amazon, but I, yeah. But I really wish it was Fowler and him. Just transition yeah. from college to the pros. But we'll see how that dynamic is with Herbstreit. It's, it's a weird dynamic. Herbstreit, I think, was a college quarterback at Ohio State. Chris mm. Fowler does tennis. Um, <sighs> so Fowler, when Wimbledon or whatever, the U.S. Open is happening, he will actually do the tennis games, and Reese uh, Davis will fill in for him and do the big games with Herbstreit. So... But Fowler has a great, he's just got the voice for big games. And Herb Street has like the, the right combination of like breaking it down, but also keeping it simple, but also sounding like he's having fun. And they, they just do such a good job together. They have the best chemistry, I think, of any crew. Yeah. They probably, they've been doing it longer than anybody, except for Buck and Aikman, I would say. But probably. Buck and Aikman, I feel like, don't have chemistry. They just talk. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got the traditional, you know. Play by play and mm-hmm. the color commentator. It's traditional. One played, one really didn't. He just grew up because his father was a commentator. So, you know. Yeah, J- Jack Buck, by the way, was good friends with uh, Vince Scully. Oh, shit. Look at that. Um, Now, is there a chance you said Fowler will do some games with Herb Street on the NFL or so, college? I would, I would assume so because uh, the last couple of years, so uh, Monday night has never really had double headers. When they did like three, four years ago, it was Beth Mowens and um, I think Dan Orlovsky maybe. It was Beth Mowens filled in as the the late game person. Yeah, the West Coast feed. Yeah, that was when I think uh, McDonough was doing the early game. Or no, that was when Tessator was doing the games. Um, last year and the year before, so two years ago during the COVID year, the f- like the first week of the season, Monday Night Football, there was two games. 
there was, I believe, Broncos and Raiders. And the early game was um, Steelers and Giants. And the Steelers-Giants game was Fowler and Herbstreet. And then last year, I think it was week 18, uh, Chiefs and Broncos played on a Saturday night mm-hmm. on ESPN. That was the same night that I think the Eagles played um, the Cowboys. They got their bus kick as um, Minshew oh. started. Yeah, that was this. I think that was the same day, and uh, Fowler and Herbstreit did the Chiefs game. I think that's the so, game where we rested everybody. Yeah, everybody sad. They got uh, Devontae Smith the rookie record, and then took him out of the game. But this year, uh, ESPN is doing like multiple two games a night on Monday night. So Buck and Aikman will have one game, and then at nine thirty, someone else is going to, have to do that game. So I'd imagine if it's not Fowler and Herbstreit, maybe it'd be Levy and uh, Riddick. But I, it's weird to see them just remove Levy out and then just give him another game. So. So I would also think Al Michaels likes to cherry pick some of his games. Like you called it a couple of times last season that he probably uh, won't be <laughs> commentating this one. So Tariq yeah. filled in. Yeah, the cold games because his prostate's a little bit larger than uh, most. So you think that's going to happen as well for Thursday nights? He'll cherry oh, that's pick. Good. Some that's a good question. Those well, I would Thursday get, they have Thursday to bang games, him a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's Al Michaels. I mean, I'm sure. But I think even with that, he's just those Thursday night games aren't really that. Great matchup yeah. wise. I have to see what they are because I bet you they gave them better matchups, knowing it's Michaels and and Herb Street and Amazon paid all this money for it. Probably. So week one, so the the, the game actually that's my birthday. Week one, opening night, Bills and Rams. Um, so you got Chargers, Chiefs, week two, Steelers, Browns, uh, Dolphins, Bengals, Colts, Broncos, Commanders, Bears, Cardinals, and Saints. Ravens, Bucks. So you have some pretty good games. Uh, then you got Eagles, Texans. That's probably the worst. Uh, <laughs> Falcons, Panthers, Titans, Packers. Uh, week twelve. That looks like that's Thanksgiving. The next week is Bills, Pats, uh, Raiders, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks. Yeah, it looks like they gave them some good games. Jags, Jets, and then well, that's I in don't... London. Oh, is it? No, oh, well, it should be. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> Uh, Cowboys, Titans. So they gave him some pretty good games this year, actually. So it seems like Amazon did a good job of acquiring good games. Now, the que- we can't actually watch these on TV then, right? Uh, or you have to have Prime Video? You have to have Prime Video, but I think if you're the local Jokel, like if, if they're playing in Philadelphia, I think you can get on NBC Sports, possibly. Okay, well, because I, I know the last couple of years, Thursday, Thursday nights were on uh, Fox, right? I believe, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Fox. But they were also on Amazon Prime, just a different, um, just like a different crew. I don't know how it's going to work. I, I, I have Prime. Do I have to pay more for Prime Video? No, it's the same. Uh, so I don't have to pay for it? All is inclusive. You get Prime Video, Prime Music, Prime Photo. So I can watch it on my TV. I don't have to watch it on my phone? Yeah. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. I did all last season. I was at work, um, put on Prime on the iPad. Oh, cool. In and out, just like, oh, all uh, right. F- for the sake of comparison, by the way, the opening night game is Bills and Rams. That's on my birthday. Uh, we'll actually be at the Phillies game that night. Um, the Wait. Yeah. Hey. Possibly. Um, <laughs> the over-under in that game is 52 and a half. The open-under. Bills and Rams. The over-under last night was 30 and a half. Oh, smash the over. Bills and Rams. Dude, Josh yeah. Allen versus overrated Matt Stafford. Well, it might not be Stafford. He's got freaking uh, some sort of elbow problem now. Um, it's Josh McVay. He did he did wonders with jo- Jared Goff. So I'm sure whatever quarterback steps in, will yeah, be I don't fine. know who the backup is, but it can't be anybody good. <laughs> they should they should be looking at a backup quarterback. Stafford ain't young. 
That is true. Uh, what What is it I see here before Sean we go Wolford. into the, the four-minute yeah. scramble? Dolphins owner fined five, half a million dollars and team forfeited two draft picks for tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payne. One of them is a first-round pick, by the way. So oh, they uh, so apparently they were trying to recruit Brady while he was still a Patriot. Because remember there was a rumor that came out about a year ago that he wanted to be a Dolphin and he would retire there and also buy a part of the team? So No. So do you remember when Bill Belichick uh, accidentally texted Brian Flores yes. thinking he was Brian Dable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Flores sued the NFL oh. because there was like a predetermined um, who's going to win the. So Flores went and did an interview after they knew they were going that the Giants were going to hire Ryan Dable. Yeah. Um, so this kind of spearheaded the whole. So Flores suing the NFL kept Brady away from wanting to sign with the Dolphins. Like this kind of scared him off. The plan was for Brady and Sean Payton to go to the Dolphins. Brady was going to retire a Dolphin and then also buy a part of the team. Uh, so Bill Belichick is partly responsible for this, but the Dolphins were tampering with Brady and Sean Payton, which cost them a first-round pick this year and a third-round pick next year and $500,000, and their owner is not allowed to go to any owner's meetings until 2023. <laughs> so the Dolphins are in some deep doo-doo right now. Who was worth the first round and who was worth the third round, do you think? Uh, well, <laughs> had to be Brady for the first round, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully Dude. it was worth it. We were robbed of seeing Tom Brady facing New England and his pre- predecessor. Oh, yeah, twice a twice. year. You're right. Oh, my God. And then Tampa just wins the lottery. Because <laughs> you would have had Gronk go over there to Miami. Yeah, you would have Gronk in Miami. In Party City. Oof. Fournette. Who was it? Everyone. Fournette went there. Antonio, Antonio Brown went there. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now uh, Julio Jones. You would have had a mess out there. Yeah, by the way, Chris Godwin had practiced there for the first time since he tore his ACL. So oh, awesome. Awesome. He's a good player. Uh, yeah, one more piece of news. Deshaun Watson suspended six games. The NFL is actually appealing it because they want it to be longer. Um, they had an end of <laughs> so in the new CBA, there's an independent arbitrator that now has to determine the um suspensions for these players. Yeah. What's your uh, kind of like immediate um, reaction to the suspension? Because I think it's uh there's a lot of thoughts that are kind of flying around in my head. If I had the the soundbite on cue, it would be the sound of, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we got them. So we finally know six games. I'd just give it eight. Just a gross thing he's doing. Give it eight. Be done with it. But six, I'm cool with six. As long as it's from week one to week seven, week six, not the pregame, preseason, and then into the season. Don't give me that nonsense. Yeah. Give me the uh, where it really counts. Game one. But uh, uh, notable NFL suspensions. It is. It is what it is. Josh Gordon, seventy-eight games for smoking weed. Seventeen games for Calvin Ridley betting on his own team to win while he was injured. Ah. Uh, Darren Waller, sixteen games for substance abuse. Uh, Vontez Burfict, twelve games for helmet helmet hits. Uh, the, uh, what what's this guy's name? DeAndre Hopkins, six games for PEDs. Deshaun Watson, six games for touching women. Twenty-four of them. Uh, Plaxico Burst, four games for shooting himself in the leg, and Vincent Jackson, three games for driving without a license. Um, it, it feels almost like the NFL is overcompensating by wanting to do this to Watson, but doing nothing to Dan Snyder or the the Joneses. Because what they have supposedly been you know, accused of seems worse than this. Watson, I think, has a problem that he needs to admit. And it's yeah. also annoying that the Browns keep saying Watson has shown all this remorse when every time Watson has reached for comment, he just completely denies all of it happening when there there's literal proof of him, you know, 
sending direct messages to these women looking for these things. I think that he's got a real problem. He's got to figure out. Yeah, the NFL needs to fix. He should just be suspended for a full season. If all of this is hanging over his head, like where there's smoke, there's fire. Agreed. And I want to retract my previous statement. I was unbeknownst to all that. I didn't know the, I didn't know all those uh, suspensions were that long and that minuscule, like betting. Uh, not even on his own team, I believe, right? Yeah, he bet on his own team to win. Oh. So he had faith in his guys. Nah. The thing that's annoying, though, is all these guys that have beaten women and beaten kids and stuff. Like, did Tyreek Hill even get suspended for beating the kid? And Kareem Hunt kicked the girl in the chest. The only one that, like, kind of lost his career was the kid from Baltimore. Ray Rice? Yeah. Yeah, but he was a 30-year-old running back anyway. Nobody was going to sign him regardless. But he that was, was kind of the, pretty... That was like the nail in his coffin because he was so old. Yeah. But he was decent, all right. Yeah, he was a good player. Um, but, yeah, it's gross. Like, these for that kind of stuff, they give him the minimum. And then other things like PD, driving without a license, shooting yourself, yes. batting, give him the house, give him the full season, weed, Did full Greg season. Hardy even get in trouble? He got in trouble, and then he left. Did, and Didn't he throw his, his girlfriend onto a bed of guns? I don't know. It was either him or Chapman that did that. I forget who did it. Um but there was a, a video of him running down the street, wasn't there? Or I don't remember. Somebody said that he was running down the street after his girl with a gun in his hand or something. Jesus. I don't know. I think there's just no, health there's no well. consistency is the problem. But you're right. Wherever there's smoke, there's definitely fire. 1,000%. Um, so if they're appealing it, good. But this should have been a full year suspension. Or at minimum, at minimum, 10 games. Yeah, the, uh, the biggest misconception, though, is that he was suspended last year. When what happened last year is he sat out regardless because he wasn't getting the contract he wanted. Yeah. The thing I hate the most about this thing is that the Browns structured his contract in such a way that even if he misses the full first season, he's only losing like a million dollars. He's not he's not losing like the $250 million that's on his contract. Hell yeah, so, I would sign if I was in that position. Like, oh, all right, I'll God, lose this. Fully guaranteed, too. Are you kidding me? Fucking hell, man. Yeah. I, I really hope that he gets help because I think the the one thing people are overlooking is the fact that he could probably use a little bit of help here, um, considering he has a problem. Yeah, first step is with him within himself to admit that and yeah. seek treatment. You can't you can only lead him to it and show him as an organization, but at the end of the day, yeah. he's got to decide to do it. Yeah, fucking gross though. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's disgusting to think about. It. And now, I, somebody on the radio was talking about this the other day. It was like. Sure, if my team traded for Watson, would I welcome him and maybe think about it? I was like, well, actually, no, because how do I explain to my daughter and my wife that this guy on the field is like touching women and like we're, we're rooting for him now because he's good? Yeah, and then yeah. I'm buying the jersey. Yeah, and then you're gonna see. I, I'm sure there are people that have Watson Browns jerseys. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, also worth noting, he's not worth that money. He's not, I don't think he's ever won a playoff game. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> or he won the, the one against the Bills when Josh Allen blew the game. Whatever. That's what I was Hopefully saying when we did our list. Get some help. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, one thousand percent. Hopefully. That's what I was saying when we did our list last two weeks ago with the top sixteen. Like I haven't seen him play too much, and yeah, he really hasn't done much in the playoffs. And that's when he had Clowney and JJ Wad and yeah, um, Hopkins, Hopkins and the other guy too, Andre Johnson. I want to say he maybe did. Didn't they have um they had Will Fuller too, didn't he? They, yeah, they had definitely Will Fuller. Is Kenny Stills on the Texans? 
I want to say yes, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know either. I but think anyway. it was. Who but cares? anyway, he didn't really do much with talent around him as it is. Yeah. So we'll see what he does in Cleveland. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Four minute scramble time. Scramble. Scramble, scramble. All right. Uh, you want to kick this off? Or you want me to kick it off? Uh, I'll kick it off. I'll let, I'll I'll toss up the alley to you for the first question. All right, ready. And the timer has begun. Timer has begun. Um, this is a fun one. Do you think athletes have a sense of pride when they find out what they were traded for? Like when yes. Juan Soto was traded, do you think he said, "Oh, look at all, yeah, look at all that. Look at all the players they had to give up to get me." Mm, nah, I think I would be. For him, it's like, oh, I'm going to a better opportunity. I'm going to a team who wants me, yada, yada, yada. If I was the players getting traded to Washington, I'll have a chip on my shoulder. Now that I have a sense I'm going to play, maybe I can stay here in Washington or wherever, make a case. But, yeah, in short form, yeah, there is some pride. I wonder what it feels like for those young guys knowing they got traded for, like, the best player that's ever been traded. You're down in history. Wow, they actually believe in me enough to trade to trade for me and they trade away this guy to get me yeah i mean hey it's a good cap because that means the other team wanted top prospect and i'm considered a top prospect yeah that's kind of cool yeah um the next one who is quarterbacking the cleveland browns in week one well that was already established i have half a mind that it might be actually watson if he sues the nfl Mm. it would probably defer that suspension i think it'll be Brissett. yeah i think it'll be jacoby Brissett. though what do you think Uh, i always thought it was Brissett, but if he does sue, who knows? Watson yeah. versus Pandas is week one, I believe. Yeah, I think there's a way that he can do it so that his suspension wouldn't start that early. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be Mayfield possibly playing against his former team too. And I, and if I were the NFL, I kind of let that slide a little bit, just a little. Yeah, bit. I think so. Yeah. Um, what does the Vince McMahon retirement mean for WWE? You kind of mentioned a little bit about it last week. Best we could talk about it. It happened right after we finished recording two weeks ago. Two words: greener pastures. Think so. I mean, dude, if you saw SummerSlam, that was all Triple H, basically. He brought in, if you saw the very opening so what, match. Uh, the New Age Outlaws came out and Scott Hall came out. And nah, even better. The click. You, ha- you had basically everyone that's been stifled under Vince McMahon's thumb, now the Triple H is there, are now rising to the top. It's not the same old matchups and repetitive shit. You got young stars that have been in the tele- developmental NXT are now being called up to the roster. That was his idea, wasn't it, to have the developmental place? Yeah, I have a and question he ran for it. you. He ran it from the ground oh, up really? to television. They're on television because of Triple H. Because so there's were a that chance good. that he's going to build things the way that they used to do it, where instead of the same guys being at the top all the time, guys will be at the top, move down a little bit, mm-hmm. and create new matchups, and then younger guys will replenish them later on. One of his top guys in that NXT, yeah, just is competing now for a belt. Oh wow! Within a week of Triple H basically owning it. Yeah, and, interesting. And, so it's good, good all around for now, WWE. Just to piggyback on the SummerSlam thing, was the Brock Lesnar walkout a um, a work? Because I saw a tweet that said Lesnar walked out when when Vince retired, but then all of a sudden I saw a video of him coming out of the forklift on Saturday. It might it might have been a work. Okay. It might have been uh, a work. Good for We're all marks here though. They got me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. What in God's name was Ric Flair doing this past weekend? I don't know. They need to. They they needed to get him away from his house because all he does is get married and divorce people. So he apparently had his last match on Saturday, and in the middle of the match, he faked a heart attack and then uh, did his thumb in someone's eye. Oh, but I go on yes. Twitter half drunk after being destroyed at the pool all day, and I go on Twitter and I see Ric Flair's bleeding like a 
like a like a faucet, like a stunt dummy. Yeah, yeah. And and he's in a match. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Do you have uh, any insight on this? I saw it. I was like, good for him. Just please stay away from the ring now. Just you can do, yeah. you know, manager stuff, talent go, stuff, but don't go get, get married and divorced again. Yeah, like uh, Steve won, Harvey. I think there's a consensus. Who won the trade deadline? There was like four teams. Padres are up there, but I think the Phillies are actually up there too. I think the Phillies are up there. Phillies up there. Yeah. yeah. Like the Padres got the big Kahunas and Josh Hader, yes. but in the long term, I think Phillies. Phillies sure. and the Yankees. They they both kind of got all three of the things they needed: outfield pitching and uh, bullpen help. And then one last question. Yeah. Uh, Doc, this is according to Doc Rivers. Joel Embiid is outworking this year, even what he did last in the last two off seasons. So after seeing Harden's body and seeing how he looks at seeing his workout videos and then hearing this about Embiid, what is your confidence level uh, from one to 10 for each of the two Sixers main guys? Just win, baby. Just win. Just win. Just stay healthy and win. I'm going to go seven and a half on Harden, nine on Embiid. Because when I hear about Embiid wanting to get better, I actually believe it. Him and and Max are the only two players I've ever seen that, that when they say they want to get better, they actually do. Oh yeah, for sure. Do I put any stock in Harden? I'll put some stock in. I think seven's a good number because he was injured coming into Philadelphia. Yeah, Bumney didn't have a full workout, and plus he just came in half season mm-hmm. in a way. So now you have a full off season rest, doing whatever excellent if you want to do with the women out there. I saw it firsthand. Eating the boneless wings. <laughs> the boneless wing, going to strip clubs, cheerleaders. Um, and hey, he took less money. He's saying all the right things. He's doing all the right things. Let's see what happens on the court. Yeah, but uh, I I'm piggybacking off of you. Yeah, when Embiid says something, I'll put all my money on it that it's gonna happen. Yeah, I, that dude is like, we talk so much about how like we want the Philadelphia athlete to act and we want the Philadelphia athlete to like be. Embiid is like everything I want in a Philly athlete. Like he gets oh, yeah. the fans, he gets the media, he gets like. The on the court thing he gets like being a teammate and like he doesn't take anything for granted he has no problem giving it back to the fans and he's like when he gets booed he goes yeah what well, sucked him and harper couldn't ask for more we gotta we gotta maximize his time here in philadelphia yeah i hope he wins its title here uh, at least get in there man get in the finals get get god yeah geez show me one final <laughs> yeah all right all right uh wnl's I got a like a batting lineup of W's here. One, two, three. I think we're approaching two hours. I have the return. I have eight, but there's no pitcher batting, so I only have eight W's, and I got (laughs) four L's. I have. You want to start negative and finish positive, or? I have two L's, one W now, because I think we mentioned most of them. Okay. No, some of my W's are going to be kind of like small ones that I can just like blow through. My L's are pretty. My L's are pretty funny, actually. Uh, mine is. Uh, I gotta find the one. I gotta search it as well. Uh, my, oh, my first W. I mean, my first L is Kid Rock at SummerSlam. <laughs> what, what the fuck was he doing with his tongue? <laughs> Who was that? It looked <laughs> like Honey Boo Boo's mom. Yes, that's the better question. Who this was dude that? Dude was in the front row of the Water Buffalo, just playing the two tongue tango at SummerSlam. That was disgusting. <laughs> yes. And I was drunk when I saw that. So I said, like I'm watching it right now. It doesn't even look like Kid Rock until it said it on the bottom. Kid Rock looks like two people in rehab. Oh my god, I'm looking at it again. Oh, I thought of a ninth W. Oh, gross. She has a WWE shirt on too, oh, and it's gross. a tank top. Like she literally found her off the street. Like, hey, you want to come with me? 
be my like plus one. Talking about a fall from grace. Uh, my second L, and this is where I have the asterisk I said at the top of the show. You have it on the D. We have a DM exchange on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Rob goes sends me an image link on Twitter, and it says L maybe. First thing, the picture just says girls in yoga pants. I'm like, how can this be an L? I'm like, what is he? I mean, he's a man of God. He has a, you know, a lovely girlfriend. I'm like, of course, yeah, it's an L. You can't look at other girls. So I click on the image. I see nothing wrong with that. Like, nice pin tweet, good booty. And lo and behold, <laughs> who is the following? Who follows that page? Daryl Morey and Howard Eskin. I audibly <laughs> just said, Gross. <laughs> And shook my head. <laughs> Tweet said, um, "Why would you follow this on on your main account, not your burner?" <laughs> I didn't even Someone, see that. Howard, this can make sense, but Daryl following it is hilarious. Oh, dude! <laughs> I literally audible and said, "Gross, bro." I saw it. I was like, "What's going on here?" Oh, okay. So the initial tweet only said Maury, and then the first response was that picture of um, of Askin and Maury. This is no surprise. Yeah, Daryl Morey. And I like how Morey has, what is that, a Statue of Liberty at the end? And then Howard Eskin. No, he has both. Statue of Liberty and, I guess, basketball, basketball emoji. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Howard Eskin's <laughs> mug right there on the side. <laughs> it's gross all around. <laughs> but yeah, that's my L. All right. Uh, all right, I have three L's this week. Right. I'll go through them pretty quickly. Uh, the Saints rookie first-round pick offensive lineman Trevor Penning. He has been kicked out of OTA. This is on Wednesday. He was kicked out of OTAs Wednesday after starting a fight at practice three consecutive days. <laughs> so the Saints first round pick is a hothead. Oh, um, number two. Now, we've all seen the evergreen tweet. Uh, it says something about the Angels. Mike Trout hit three home runs. Shohei Otani lowered his ERA and bumped up his average and did something that no one's ever done since Babe Ruth. And the Angels lost. Mm-hmm. So the Angels yesterday hit seven solo home runs and lost 8-7. <laughs> They become the first team in MLB history to hit seven home runs and lose, oh. and the first team in MLB history to hit seven solo home runs in a game and lose. Oh. Um, it just gets worse and worse and worse. I get, I forget. I gotta find the evergreen tweet. Um, oh, that's just it, fucking th- there's a tweet that people will use anytime the Angels do a thing like that, and it'll be like, Shohei Otani does something that hasn't been done since. Oh, here we go. Every time I see an Angels highlight, it's like Mike Trout hit three home runs and raised his average to five twenty eight while. Sh- Shohei Otani did something that hasn't been done since Tungsten Armo Doyle of the t- 1921 Akron Groomsman as the Tigers defeated the Angels 8-3. <laughs> Every time something like that happens, that tweet comes up. Uh, my my third L is J- uh, Joe Buck went on um, Instagram and he posted a picture of himself getting hair plugs. So it, I don't have any problem with an old guy getting hair plugs, but the last time Joe Buck got hair plugs, when they put him under for the anesthesia, it yeah. destroyed his vocal cords and it almost rendered him voiceless. That's what happened. That's remember in 2011 how yeah. he sounded like an old man. That's yeah. why that happened. Oh. So now he's doing this, doing this to himself again. And good timing, right? Right before the season. Yeah, <laughs> jeez. So that's uh, that's terrible. Has he learned nothing? Yes, yeah, sir. All right, I have a batting lineup of W's here. I just have one. All right, I got nine. So you go ahead and read yours first. Uh, Rob and listeners out there. This will probably, you know, rejoice anybody's youth, but on Spike TV, there was a yes. phenomenal show. There we go. Of sports athletics. And it that just was basically... my, that was my five hitter. <laughs> All the cleanup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Slam Ball Baby is returning in the summer of 2023. Did you watch Slam Ball when you were younger? Oh, yes. Oh, I, my God. Dude, I was glued. I loved glued. it. I could not stop watching it. Just see someone get posterized off a trampoline? It was Nastiness. the dumbest thing in the world, but it was amazing. Yeah. And it wouldn't be any fights, really. It's like you just got fucking beat. Yeah, Slam Ball's phenomenal. Yeah. So that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Um, so I'll go... Oh, I don't know who that is. Oh, jeez. I got to find That's not good. I put notes in my uh, in my thing here. I don't know who this guy is. Uh, this is this is going very poorly. Uh, oh, God. This looks crazy, this picture of Joe uh, Buck getting hair plugs. Okay. Um, I'm going <laughs> to... Did you see it? Oh, my God. All right. So during training camp, uh, the, the NFL makes linemen... And I think other players. Oh yeah, it's terrible. So in um, in training camp, the NFL makes the the players wear like some sort of protective thing on their helmets during um, like hitting drills to save them from concussions. It's like a big like padded thing that goes on top of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Jason Kelsey um, thought it was so stupid that he actually wrapped bubble wrap around his helmet at practice the other day. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Jason uh, Kelsey is up there, bro. Jason Kelsey's the man. Uh, <laughs> my next one, Justin Verlander. Uh-oh. So his 2011 MVP season, he had a 2.40 ERA, 9.0 uh, strikeouts per nine innings, and a .92 whip and a .192 opponent's batting average. His 2022 Jeez. season where he's 11 years older, a lower ERA by like a substantial amount, point, uh, 1.73. His Ks per nine are just under at 8.8. A lower whip at 0.85 and a lower opponent's average at 188. So, Justin Verlander, hats like, off to you. Like wine just gets just better with age, man. Legitimately. Holy crap. He's uh, definitely young at this point. He should be. Um, I don't know what team this guy plays for, but I love it. Um, there's a player named Will Benson who got called up to the major leagues the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, tweet here, courtesy of Zach Meisel. Will Benson learned he was being called up to the majors while he was in the place that many dreams are made. Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> what um, was he ordering? It's my question. Um, somebody actually responded in the comments about that, and they said, well, that's a little expensive for someone that makes a minor league salary. Um, uh, the, the Guardians. <laughs> yeah, called up to the Guardians. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, my next W, Jeff Passan. If you remember, on the day baseball came back, <laughs> Jeff Passan got hacked by the Ethereum guy. Um, Passan on trade deadline day said, happy trade deadline day, and he posted a picture of the avatar that the uh, NFT guy hacked him with. Oh, man. He's the best. Instant, once I saw that instant, it was like, I get it. I love that guy. Um, next, so Slam Ball was my next W. Hacksaw Jim Duggan finished his final. Um, I got to find the video i don't know where the video is but it's in the dm he finished his final cancer treatment yes 39th and final radiation treatment for prostate cancer he's officially done <laughs> and he posted him. on instagram like the next day guess what i don't have to do at 9 a.m today <laughs> go to radiation treatment um next w ohio state head coach ryan day he donated a million dollars from him and his wife to the mental health research at the wexner medical center so Beautiful. good on him Beautiful. A lot of people will talk the talk, but not actually walk the walk. Yeah. My next W, Luke Voigt, who was just traded to the Nationals. During the rain delay last night, he said he got to know a lot of his teammates for the first time because he just got there. 
And while the football game was on TV, he and all of his new teammates decided to make a new fantasy football league. So good for Luke Voigt. Seems like nice. a nice guy. He's like a good teammate. That's and my, my final W, um, the Royals last night hosted the Red Sox. It was Eric Hosmer's first game back in Kansas City since 2016. Or 2017, what? I beg your pardon. How is that possible? Somehow the Padres never played there. And he gets traded to the Red Sox, and they immediately play there. And the fans gave him a, a very loud ovation. And uh, the, the Royals posted a video on their Instagram and their Twitter, um, kind of like thanking him. And it was a really nice tribute. So I thought that was very cool. They must have had to like, scramble in the final hours once they found out he got traded. Yeah. And was starting. Very cool. Uh, all the, by the way, um, I just refreshed my Twitter feed. Um, the Yankees were a minute away from trading for Pablo Lopez at the deadline. Miami ownership pulled the plug at the last possible second. Would have sent an upper minors infielder and outfielder to Miami. This did not impact New York's plan to trade Jordan Montgomery to St. Louis. Hmm. That's oh, wow. So apparently the Dodgers were very close to getting Lopez and all-star Garrett Cooper. And ownership was not interested in that. Well, they're not going to sell crazy. everybody. Fascinating. <laughs> so the the Marlins, interesting. The Marlins they, are they must think they have something, something there. A, a core nucleus. Yep. Hey, man. They've been That's, rebuilding and fire selling for years. Yeah. It paid off once. It's crazy. It's crazy how many players the Nats traded away over the last few years, too. Jeez. I mean, Scherzer, Turner. Somehow we got Harper's Schwarber and Harper on the same team now. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. All right. Now the uh, the most important segment. Pertle again? We're going to finally finish our list. A week in between. Yeah, two weeks in the making. Give us time to think about it. So the first week we uh, we did this, we did 1 through 16 NFL quarterbacks. We're going to do 17 through 32 this time around. This is based off the uh, ESPN top 10, right? Yeah. Okay. So 17 through 32, this will actually be more fun to find out who the worst quarterback in the NFL is. Um, I only have one like conflict here where the so, one there's only one team I don't know who the quarterback's going to be and I'll get and, to them very, very late in my list okay no problem well, there's two actually because the Panthers and then the um, I'll just say the Steelers I don't know who their quarterback's going to be it's either going to be Trubisky or Pickett all right we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that soon right. so very we're going to are we starting at 17 yeah. and then going down okay all right, so you're number 17. You can go first because we already know who yours is. I mean, Matt Ryan. And if Matt I could get a mulligan, I would probably put, I don't know, Baker or somebody. Yeah, I would have <laughs> to look at my... I would put Cousins in this spot, actually. Yeah, I would have to look at my initial list. Um, 17 for me is going to be Jalen Hurts. Okay. Well, you actually had, like, 15, I think. I you had him wait. right on there. I think you had him right on, the, right on the cusp. I had him at 14. 14, okay, fair. So here, real, I'll recap. Uh... At 11, Wilson, 12, Watson, 13, Carr, 14, Hertz, and 15, Cousins, and then 16 was Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So, for me, I had Mahomes, Brady, Allen, Rogers, Herbert, Burrow, Jackson, Prescott, Wilson, Watson, Stafford, Murray, Carr, Ryan, Tannehill, Cousins. Okay. We're so, around the team. So, pretty much all the same names. The only exception was, I think, you had Hertz in the top 16, and I had Ryan, and you, and they were the, it was the only player we both didn't agree on. Um. <laughs> Everything else was just seating was a little different. For the most part, yeah. Okay. Uh, number 18, Steelers quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Wow, you you really like him more than I do. Dude, 
people forget he was good in Chicago. It's just Chicago is, doesn't yeah. have a freaking offense. And then yeah. he's behind Josh Allen. He's got to learn something from that. And the Steelers saw something and they picked him up. So when we did our first ever episode, we did the four bold predictions for the NFL season or the three bold predictions. Yeah. The one that just missed for me, and I think I told you about this like three episodes in, mm-hmm. my my other bold prediction was going to be Mitch Trubisky starts and wins a playoff game for the Bills. <laughs> almost, almost. Oh, Jesus. Right. Mitch Trubisky. Uh, so 18 for me, Jameis Winston. I might be a little higher on him than some others, but I like him a lot. See, especially really with Michael sh- Thomas coming back. I really Chris Olave. Really? Yeah, Welcome Chris back Olave. Well, yeah, Chris Olave just got drafted. And Michael Thomas, Slant Boy, might be coming back. And you know for sure that there's no quarterback controversy because you know that Taysom Hill thing is not yeah. really working out for you. Is so. he still there, Taysom Hill? Is he just like the gadget guy again? I guess. If not, then he's somewhere and watch out New England might have picked him up. Who knows? Um, all right, I like that. I should have had him there, but I dropped him lower. Gotcha. Yeah. Um something tells me we might have the same nineteen. I just have a hunch. No shot. Because this guy, you have him in your top sixteen. Oh, do I? Ryan Tannehill. Oh, uh, okay, so that's not Yeah. Interesting. So you like a lot of you, you have a personal vendetta with um with Tannehill as it is. So if it wasn't for the bottom five on this list, he would be in that bottom five. <laughs> he sucks. He kills me every time I bet him. He's the fucking worst. He like he plays. He he has it out for me. If he would have his team to lose for me to lose, he would lose the game, and that's what happens. Well, he did that numerous times. <laughs> like like if. I'm surprised when we talk about the Patriots versus Seahawks game in the Super Bowl. Yeah, like it's, it boggles my mind that it wasn't Tannehill under center because that's what something he would do. <laughs> or Tannehill calling the place. <laughs> yes, that's what he would Tann- do. Tannehill was Josh McDaniels. Actually, Tannehill um, would run it himself and not give it to Skittles over there. Oh, by the way, um, for man. what it's, for what it's worth, um, the, you want to guess the two people who would be calling plays this year for the Patriots? Calling plays, yeah, like their local broadcast. No, like like on the field, like deciding what play to call. Oh, uh, this is according to one of my friends. So who knows if this is true? I have no idea who's on that team anymore. Uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Judge is back. Yeah, both of them are back. Patricia's like an offensive line coach now. Oh, dude, Patricia's the whole reason I just started dying in the very first trailer <laughs> of this episode. Of this that, entire entity. That bozo. Hold on, look at me. I got my pen. <laughs> For my dry erase board. <laughs> Weirdo. That clip um, will live forever in my head. It will. Number 19 for me is going to be Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence. Not bad. I don't mind that. I struggled with putting a, putting him on here. I didn't know where to put him. Yeah, you don't know if he was good or bad. Because <laughs> you, you said the same thing about two other guys, which we'll get to when we get to them. Yeah. But there's two guys that we're not sure if they're good because we don't yeah. know what the teams are around them. For sure. Um, number 20, Big Daddy, Mac Jones. Okay. Solid twenty right there. So we're we're varying a little bit more in this portion of the list than we did at the beginning. Although I'm not far off with Jones, uh, twenty for me is Baker Mayfield. Not bad. I, I think there was an argument to be made for him about two years ago that he, he could maybe be a top ten quarterback, and then last year really skewed a lot of people's opinions of him. I think put him on a team where there are guys that can make plays, and I think he will look better than because last year it was just Jarvis Landry for like a brief amount of time, and Odell Beckham when he was unhappy. So 
Like the Browns really didn't have anything on that team with him. I, I thought they did. I thought they were stacked, especially on the running as well. But well, they didn't had do anything Chubb and Hunt, but like Najoku kind of stinks, and the wide receivers were both unhappy. Oh, Jarvis Landry is also on the the Saints, by the way. So that might help Ooh, uh, Winston famous, too. Famous Jameis is out yeah. here. All right, uh, number twenty-one, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, so same vicinity. Yeah, I like that. I, I, I have Marcus Mariota there. Funny enough, I have Marcus at twenty-two. I, I love, I love me some Mariota. I was happy. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Him in a Falcons jersey is like where it should have been. Kind of cool. Time. Yeah, yeah, and it almost feels right. Um, I have Mac Jones twenty-two. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Um, number 23, Famous Jameis. Okay, so the, the virtually the same guys. <laughs> We're very there. Um, 23 for me is one of the guys that you said you had trouble figuring where to put. I uh, have Justin Fields at 23. What a fall from grace. I, yeah, seriously. It's nowhere near mine. Really? He's very low. <laughs> yeah. I, I have trouble finding whether or not he's good, too, because there's nobody on that team. Yep, a lot the, the, of... Their wide receiver core looks like a, like a janitor club, like... It's, it's just bad, man. What sad. is going on in Chicago? They don't. They were a playoff team two years ago. But not only that, it's just like but get with Foles. the times. Yeah, get with the times. Like offense, but they're just yeah. so predicated on Bears defense and yeah. Plus, they got rid of Khalil Mack, who's now a Charger. Yeah, that talk about a, talk about a ridiculous division. Chargers all the way. I'm telling Christ, you. we're we're gonna get into that. When we do our like. Actual season previews soon. And bowl predictions. Oh, it's start, yeah, it's starting to creep up on us. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> All right. Well, what number? What number are we on? Uh, twenty-four. I struggled with this one. Daniel Jones. Because <laughs> prior to the podcast, I was making my list, and that was the one guy I left off my list, and I was like, he fits right here, and then twenty-four. Yeah. I work my way See, from the bottom up. Yeah. Like, you you have him a little bit higher than some of the guys that I, I don't know. Because, well, I think it's more of personal. I think he does have talent. Oh, yeah, he does. But I think it's more personal because he's in our division, the Eagles, and he yeah. seems to just be the best running back. <laughs> and he, he's a quarterback. He's the best runner on the field for both teams. Plays he can well against Eagles. If he didn't fumble his way through, he would have got a touchdown on that one long run, like a 60-yarder. Yeah, that, that was the game that they came back and won, too, in overtime, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 24 for me. I have two at Tug of I have him at 25. Okay. Um, <laughs> Dude, two, I, don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The, Tyreek Hill's trying his best to talk this guy up, but I got to see it. Yeah. He, he was great too. in college, but he was on – you know, he, he kind of had Joe Burrow syndrome in college where he was just surrounded by top-end talent. Um, yeah. Now, Burrow, I will admit, is better than Tua. Tua went awfully early in that draft. And I think Tua going ahead of Herbert for the rest of his life is going to haunt him. Because that's going to be the... Con- they, they just completely disregard Herbert or uh, Tua altogether when they talk about that draft. They just talk about Burrow and Herbert. They <laughs> said, oh, well, that's right. Tua's there. And also... He's like the, it's like the Watson and Mahomes draft where they just completely forget that Trubisky was taken second. Honestly. But it's also, in recent years... Deshaun Watson, Brady now, that just coming out that there was quarterbacks that were going to go in there and replace him basically, or just yeah, be the Miami that's quarterback. True. Yeah, they they were all in on Watson. So, I mean, and he, he didn't even start there from the from the get go. They went with um, Ryan the, Fitzpatrick, the old guy. Yeah, and then he was good. And he was good. And then he was, and, then he was, and, then he was and they benched him. 
Eventually, we just felt like it was time. Um, like what? You were winning with him. Right, we are. Where are we? Twenty-five. You were at twenty-five. I all right. I have. I had trouble with this guy too, because I think there's something there. I have Jared Goff at twenty-five. I think there's something there. No. No. You don't, you don't see it. A lot of people don't see it. But he did pretty well, well last I, year I with see, a really horrible team. That team was awful last year. He did okay with them. He did what he, he did the best he could with that. If team. I'm not mistaken, didn't they beat a good team? Didn't Detroit beat like an actual team last year to win their first game? <laughs> I think so. Uh, didn't they beat like the Vikings or something? Uh, yeah, uh, it would it would sound like a Kirk Cousins legend. Yeah, it Vikings sounds like yeah, it sounds appropriate. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably what led to Zimmerman's firing. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past it. See, <sighs> this your 25 is golf. You said. Uh, they actually had three wins last year. Yeah, 25. Uh, he's just, he's not far off on my list from that. All right, All right so they beat the Vikings. The, they beat the Cardinals and the Packers. Yes, that's what it was. They beat the Vikings, Cardinals, and Packers. Man, um, talk about a fall from grace. Weren't the Cardinals like 8-0? And then they lost to the, Kyler Murray. Then they lost to the freaking Lions, and they got their butts kicked in the playoffs. Yeah. A bucket, they got washed. Yeah, they Blood. got crushed. Now golf. Um, yeah, yeah. Now I, I, I I'm, not, I'm not exactly putting him in the top ten here. He's 25, but yeah. I, I think there, he has more promise than some of the other guys beneath him, the exception of maybe like one, two guys. And those two guys are probably where my list is. Yeah, because at 26, I have begrudgingly, and I have an asterisk there. Begrudgingly, Carson Wentz at 26. Ugh, gross. I know. I actually have him lower than that because I. We've seen the head-to-head matchup, golf versus Wentz. It yeah. was sensational. And Wentz got hurt in that first game. But Wentz was the better We saw it twice, actually, because during the COVID year, I think, and they played in the empty stadium, uh, they lost the Rams week two. Yeah, that if COVID happened, I just... Season didn't count. Doesn't count. Um, I don't know what you're talking 26 about. 26 for me is the other guy you had trouble with, uh, Trey Lance. Now, yeah. I think he sucks, but I think he's got talent. <laughs> Lance went awfully high. He's like one of those guys that they thought was going to be like the next Mahomes. Yeah, I think he sucks. <laughs> That's just a good line. Yeah, I th- he sucks. Like I look at him and I just think he's a loser. Like I, I just don't picture Dude. a team winning games with him. Like I, you know, they, should number, have, they should have got Matt Ryan. Honestly, we're at number twenty six. You know that, right? Not, not that, <laughs> if you say he sucks at twenty six, what what about thirty two? Oh, he sucks too. <laughs> he just sucks more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I well, I'll talk about Trey Lance in a minute, uh, but twenty-seven Fields, okay, for me, uh, uh, he's good, but, but we don't know really with the Chicago. But how good is he? Yeah, like C.J. Stroud might end up being better than he is when he comes out. He now this is where I draw the line. If I were to pick a team, I would pick him over the next five guys that I'll mention in my list at twenty-eight and below. I, mean, I would hope so, considering you have them ranked beneath. <laughs> yeah, well, like. More promise, even yeah. though I don't. I yeah, think he sucks some, as like, well, but I think there's some more potential. Promise. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some potential. He's a little small, but I, I question his decision making too. Because honestly, I would love to put him at 25 over two and Wentz, but mm-hmm. Tua, we've seen him do some great plays, and he has now Tyreek Hill and the other guy. Uh, he's a young. The oh, uh, the other guy, Waddle. yeah, um, Waddle, yeah. Yeah, and then Wentz, we've seen him personally greatness, but he's fell off. He was doing good in Indianapolis before he just absolutely took a crap against the Jaguars. They, they lost the Jags, yeah. So, 
begrudgingly, I would have had him at 25, but I think he's still better than the next five I'm going to list. Yeah, I have what number are we on 27? Uh, you are on 27, yeah. I have Daniel Jones. Mm. Now, I think he's probably. That's a good number, actually. I think he's probably at his last chance with the Giants. I would assume anyway. I think I can see them maybe giving him like a one-year deal after this if he plays well, but he has to like really turn heads for them to really want to, you know, hitch their wagon to him long-term. I've learned that if you have to make excuse after excuse after excuse for your quarterback, he's probably not good. And I know they say that knowing that I'm a fan of a team that has Jalen Hurts and every, every game it's well, but, or however, like, but like we did it for Wentz. Turns out he's not good. Um, who's another example? I mean, the Jacks kind of did it for Bortles for a few years. Oh, he has no, he has no wide receivers. He has no running backs. All right, well, um, look what happened after that. Um, Baker to an extent. Baker's another one. Darnold. Darnold for sure. Darnold's a good example for that. Um, Golf. I mean, even before that, you had Christian Ponder, who was Golf, one of those guys that you had to make excuses for. Um, I mean, uh, perfect the, the the perfect excuse justifier guy is Sam Bradford. And it turns out he kind of sucked. Yeah. If you had to say, well, his completion percentage is awfully high and he's very accurate. Well, then why is he not winning? Do you think, and this is probably a personal vendetta, but do you think Tannehill's on my list now? Soon to be? That, that, well, he's another guy this year. Maybe this is a good Kirk list Cousins. we can do in the future. Like, Maybe it, um, one of our top fives going forward could be like the top five players with something to prove. I think Tannehill's firmly on that list. Cousins eventually. And Cousins is probably on there. Carr might be on there too. Prescott? Dak. Uh, Dak to a little bit higher extent because he's like firmly. Is he elite? Is he good? Is he elite? Dak's better than those guys. It's not like he's in danger of losing his job. But I, like, I would like to see him win a big game. In the playoffs, deep at least. But that means the, the good guys won't be there. So no. Stay forever out of the playoffs. Oh, I just got the greatest text message of my life. Someone called out. Said, do you want to get Kudoba for lunch? Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I might have sushi. Ooh. I might have sushi. See, that's the downside of my relationship is we don't like, we don't both <laughs> like sushi. <laughs> um, it's the only terrible. flaw that I can find with this wonderful woman is that she doesn't like sushi. <laughs> terrible. Just she, uh, ease her, into it. Got her into friggin' sports. Got her into the beach. Now, only thing that's left is sushi. Oh, this is where the podcast now goes off the rails. Two yeah, hours and this a half is in. where we, uh, <laughs> um, Lucy, <laughs> it's Friday after all. So, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you just take her to the sushi spot? Because I don't want to make her throw up. Hold on, hold on. She doesn't have to eat the sushi. You eat the sushi, she eats fried rice. But she can rice. eat the rice around it? No, no. You can order fried rice. You can order dumplings. You can order uh, fried chicken on the side, like katsu. I think she doesn't you're have right to physically um, eat the sushi. You I can think eat you're sushi. Um, Shogun, the place that um, you tried, they have a oh, hibachi there. So you can go to the hibachi and also get a couple sushi rolls. So maybe that would be a good way to get her to try them. That's probably my my ultimate goal. She did say she will try it if it's like a fresh place, not like, you know, giant Shogun. supermarket. Oh, dude, gross. Oh, if dude, that's I, where she's only had sushi, she should just... 7-Eleven sushi, McDonald's sushi. Um, I've gotten, I've gotten um, supermarket sushi before. It's not bad. It's, it's not, not bad. Not, it's not good, but it's not bad. But that's for a it's sushi. It's good enough. That's for a sushi connoisseur or a lover like yourself. Yeah. You love sushi or you like for sushi. Sure. For someone who doesn't like sushi and that's yeah, the only the, experience they had, yeah, that's, that's not like a good luck. That's like if it's your first day in the United States, 
and they say we're going to take you out to dinner and you go to like Olive Garden and McDonald's like <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> and, and on top of that those supermarkets sushi there's more rice than substance and there's not actual Japanese people making them it's, it's Joe from down the street <laughs> yeah it's like more rice it's just gross and yeah, it's there's, cold there, there's a lot of rice and they don't give you enough soy sauce they give you like a little packet with like a drop and a half yeah. of soy sauce so she's got a that's the move take her she can order her fried rice. It's going to be a little bit more money because obviously it's, you know, yeah, stuff you're getting like that. entree plus, but sushi, yeah. You're getting your sushi roll and maki, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. She gets her thing and she wants to try. She can just grab one off your roll yeah. and try it. And they have like tempura and things like that. Shrimp tempura, chicken tempura. Like a, yeah, they mirror like a fried food. So, And she can get a uh, California roll where there is no. Like raw fish, crab meat, sure, but it's like fake crab meat. But she's, I think crab meat might be one of those things that she's probably fine with eating. It's like the the, the texture of like a lobster or a shrimp that might uh, throw some off. They got if she likes avocado, they got an avocado roll, cucumber avocado. Ooh. Don't really Ooh, have to have avocado. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, come on, let's get let's get we'll Rob get, to get his we'll girlfriend get to eat sushi by the end of 2022. If we get 500 subscribers, oh um, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we have a. I, I think, think it, it's, have it's on the list. It's on the list. It's on the list. All right, um, back to the sh- back to okay, the show. Okay, so I think my last. I think I read my twenty-seven. Yes, uh, twenty-eight for me, Jared Goff. That's okay. where he stands. All right, uh, twenty-eighth, kind of tied at the hip forever. Soon to be tied at the hip with waste at waste management. With him is uh, Carson Wentz, the guy <laughs> making my sushi over at Giant Supermarket on Street Road. <laughs> <laughs> and he would have been 27 on this list if I had Dude, put Fields off a higher. I'm, I'm con- I think he sucks. I'm convinced. I think he's a. How many good situations do you have to put the guy in before he fails enough to just admit that he sucks? I, I think he's bad. He's probably a good teammate to oh, certain. No to shot. Cer- he's a good. I think he's a terrible people, teammate to certain people. Yeah. If they're but, into hunting and Christianity and celibacy and all that stuff. Weird. Maybe we should just have sex more and then it'd be good at football. Yeah, honestly. He's a dick, though, but... Bro, did you hear the, the report that came out during the year that Foles was the quarterback? In the um, like in the training room, apparently Wentz was like vocally like not happy with the fact that Foles was doing so well that like Jason Peters and Darren Sproles like, had to confront him about it, that he was like that jealous about it. If I can have another mulligan, ladies and gentlemen, I would have Wentz in the 30th spot, and we haven't even touched the 30th spot. I'll put spot. him 33rd. I would too, actually. Uh, 32 will be anonymous <laughs> or unanimous, like the one of our former <laughs> mailbag questions. <laughs> unanimous or unanimous. All right, yeah. Jerry Goff from May 28, for sure. And okay. you have. Uh, I have Carson Wentz 28. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this is where I have. Really an indictment <sighs> of the guys beneath him. Now, this, this is the hard part, bottom four. So. Worth noting, we have the same three guys not here. I think I know who one of your bottom four is. Rob. But other than that, we have the same three. We, now, this is going to make me sad because I think we have the same 29. I might have fucked up. Uh, I might have messed up. I look at my list. You got the same guy twice? Yeah. All right, who do you have twice? <laughs> Justin Fields. Okay. So did you leave off the other quarterback for the 49ers? He's 29. Okay. <laughs> Trey Lance. All right, so 29 for me is Zach Wilson. That's who it was. Okay. Now, begrudgingly, I put him there because he's in love with Stapler's mom. And American Pie is an excellent movie. But <laughs> uh, Zach Wilson, I just I just think he sucks, too. <laughs> I can't believe that two went second in the draft. 
<laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. They got a, they got a receiver now though, right? Yeah. Then they sign up. Um, what the hell's that guy's name? Uh, I'm trying to think. Was it a big 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 name? The, the hell's the guy's name? He's a good player too. Well, they have Corey Davis still. They got Uzama from the Bengals. Oh really? Yeah. Who the hell's the? That was that TikTok receiver? video that I showed you where he had a he walked into training camp and he had uh, Zach Wilson on on a T-shirt basically saying like after the whole controversy with the milf thing. And Wilson, oh, yeah. I didn't even know that was on your shirt. Oh, actually, I don't think they. Well, they uh, Elijah Moore. Who, no, somebody's missing here. I thought they didn't. They pick somebody. Else? I thought. I thought so too. Maybe they were in on some. They might have been in on uh, the Devontae Adams thing. Maybe they didn't get him. Because <sighs> no. their receivers, as it stands right now, um, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, oh, Jeff Marquise Smith, Goodwin, uh, former fit, and Billy Cordell Air, Patterson. Eagle. Wait. Are they have Cordero Patterson? No, never, never. <sighs> Idiots. If Corey Davis. Google sucks. This is the year Corey Davis is getting 1,000 yards. <laughs> <laughs> it's now or never. We need, we need a Corey Davis 1,000-yard game, and then we need a uh, COVID forfeit. Uh, oh, they got Joe Flacco again. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's out playing Wilson and training camp right now. Oh, yeah, so they did pick um, up okay. CJ Uzama. That's what it was. They picked up CJ so Uzama. That'll take him to the next level. They drafted Brees Hall, who's a good running back too. A bunch of, uh, which bunch of it? nothing. Uh, no, <laughs> they have a bunch of number fours. Players. Oh, they just picked up uh, Quan Alexander. They picked up the, Greg um, Legatron. Are they from, Greg Zerline? Yeah, they got Greg Zerline. They're gonna need him because they're gonna be kicking a lot of field goals this year. Well, he's gonna shank a lot of them in too. So they did. They did bring in some uh, defensive players. Though. Didn't they? they brought in a um, bunch. A yeah, they bunch. have. They just signed Quan Alexander the other day. Um, oh, they have Nate Herbig. Mm-hmm. Her big what? Um, Jordan uh, Whitehead. Benny Curry's there. Jordan Whitehead is not signing. Nathan Shepard, Solomon Thomas. I like him. Uh, Michael Carter, Jacob Reed. Martin. Oh, they have Bryce Solomon, Hall and Breeze Hall. Solomon Thomas. Marcus Joyner. I could have. Oh, Will just Parks, Philly guy. There you go. Philly Will. Philly Will. Yeah, I could, I could have sworn, but uh, nevertheless. Wait, they have two kickers. Zach Wilson is my number 30th, by the way. Why do they have two kickers? <laughs> hey, punter and a kicker. Yeah, they have Eddie Pinheiro and Greg Zerlin, and then they have Braden Mann as their punter. So they have a kicker competition. So Zach Wilson's your, what, 30th, you said? 29? Yeah. 30th? I have Davis Mills 30. Because I don't know who the fuck that is. You don't know who this is, but he's 30. I mean, 31 well, and 32 I know, truly suck. I know, he's, I know he's better than 30, 31 and 32. <laughs> Because the Texans won a couple of games last year. <laughs> so, the, so so you have – I know who one of your final – well, I know who both your final two are then. So, uh, no, so I don't even know I, who's – I think bottom. we have the same 32. We don't. We don't? Well, I just gave uh, it away. Oh, uh, okay. Um, so who's your 30th so th- again? 30, 30 for me right? is Davis Mills, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, he's got to be in your bottom then. 31 is Drew Locke. I, I, I would hope that the Seahawks made a move to get a competent quarterback to replace oh, no. Russell Wilson. Oh, who else they have? 31 for me is the combination of Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Good Lord, you have Trubisky that low? He sucks. I'm sorry, I'm a swaggy Mitch fan, but I think he's terrible at football. I'm going to write this down. I would love to go to Mitch Trubisky Steelers jersey because I don't have a Steelers jersey currently. So you're gonna land I have no faith in Kenny Pickett as a quarterback. He's got tiny hands; like his hands are the size of my feet. And I, I like Trubisky a lot, but 
So part of this is the fact that I don't know which one of them is going to be starting. I would probably have Trubisky ahead of Daniel Jones at 27 if I knew it was going to be him. But Pickett, if Pickett starts, is 35th. So I had to find like a middle ground. So I figured if one of them starts half the season, the other one starts the other half, if I combine their stats and then like average it out per game, they're the 30, 31st best quarterback combo in the NFL. All right. If you knew for certain Mitchell, Mitch Trubisky was going to start, is he still at 31 or is he handicapped down because we don't know who the so quarterback it's, is? So it's a combination of him being handcuffed. I would have okay. him 27 above Daniel Jones. Because I have him at 18. I have him, I'm running high. Or maybe and, even 20. I would maybe even have him 26 over Lance because Lance sucks too. And during your Pickett whole, is Pickett's the only guy worse than my 32. Yeah. This is when you were doing your whole spiel. This is what I wrote right here. My bold prediction right now. I wrote it down. Mitch Trubisky starting and <laughs> ending the season and leading the Steelers to the wild card. I, 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 listen, I'm not rooting against him. I like him. I want to see first quarterback. Oh, 31st I'm, quarterback, if he took both of them, made them one human because oh, yeah. Pickett is that bad. I think Trubisky is 27. So you would get Trubisky's but arm? I think Pick, Pickett is like 48. <laughs> like if, we, if we rank the backup quarterbacks, Minshew is better than Pickett. Oh, 1,000. Um, whoever Minshew's the backup. Taysom Hill is probably better than Pickett. Um, Tyrod Taylor is better than Pickett. Brissett's better than Pickett. Bridgewater? Bridgewater is definitely better than Pickett. Um who else is a quarterback out there? I, I, give me Drew Matt Corral. Give me fucking Sam Darnold and Matt Corral over Pickett. Bledsoe. Um, Drew, uh, Eric Bledsoe. Yeah, well, either both of them. <laughs> the but, PJ but no, Walker. Are they, are, are they handcuffed together too? Yeah, PJ Walker's better than Pickett. Roethlisberger's still better than Pickett. Rose, <laughs> dude. Let me. I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna look at the fantasy football app and I'm gonna name 50 quarterbacks better than Kenny Pickett right now. Not right now. Not right now. That'll be, my, that'll be my next episode. <laughs> I'm going to name 50 quarterbacks better than Kenny Pickett. So number 32 will be clear as day is Davis Mills for me, the Texans. It's just because nobody knows who he is. I have Drew Locke 32. So <laughs> for me, it's just a swap. <laughs> All right. So I just want to say it's very ugly that Wentz is in a commander's jersey and a uh, on the fantasy app. Now, Pickett is projected to be the starter on the fantasy app. But he's on the second team offense at training camp. All right, so Desmond Ritter, better than Pickett. Drew Locke, Malik Willis, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jacoby Brissett, Matt Corral, Sam Darnold, Jordan Love, Teddy Bridgewater, Tyler Huntley, Gardner Minshew. I don't know who this guy Oh, Geno Smith, Sam Howell, Taylor Heineke, Cam Newton, Kyle Trask, Trace McSorley, Tyron Taylor, Andy Dalton, Kellen Mond, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Brees. <laughs> uh, Brandon Allen, Nick Foles, Cooper Rush, and then right above Kaepernick, I'll have, um, I'll put um, Pickett. What? Oh my god! I was just going off the fantasy app. Uh, <laughs> well, out of all those people, there's a good handful that uh, they're all better than Davis Mills, Andrew Locke, and Mitch Trubisky. Though ah. I don't know Trubisky. Pick it I hope sure. he. I hope that he um, turns some heads because I do like him. I do too. But uh, that wraps up. Uh, the top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. It's a short episode today. Yeah, right? Almost three hey, hours listen, we had, we had a lot in the bank because of the fact that we hadn't uh, spoken in a few weeks. Yeah. And my man came back from vacation. And uh, football's back. Energize a big... Well, it was a, it was a combination of things because the Phillies have been fun. Trade deadline was very packed. And then we wanted to talk some football. 
uh, got to figure out what we're going to talk about next week. Maybe we'll maybe we'll incrementally do our preseason predictions. Yeah. Instead sure. of doing them all the same, because we did them all in the one episode, it was like three and a half hours. Yeah. And then uh, what else is out there? I guess we'll talk Phillies. Uh, the Sixers should be going to. Um, they should be reporting to like their preseason camp soon yes. too. Yeah, they should be doing the PCOM stuff. Um, I, but the next time we record, we should have an Eagles preseason game one already done. Oh, are you? You might be right. Uh, let's take a look at the schedule real quick. Next game is August 11th, which I think is like Tuesday. No, so the Eagles' next game is the 12th, which is exactly seven days from now. 7.30 p.m., they play at home against the New York Jets. Zach there Wilson are, coming to Philly? There safe. are a couple games. There's a game the night before where the Giants and Pats play on the 11th. That's on the NFL Network. And then uh, the Titans and Ravens play that same night. And then we have, uh, There's actually betting lines on these. The over-under for that Eagles game is 33 and a half. Might as well hammer that now. They have no faith in, in the Eagles. All right. Does Hurts start? I think he gets a series or two. You can't. He's not good enough not to play in the preseason. <laughs> oh, didn't they tie the Jets last year? <laughs> oh my god, no! Let's just not talk about that tie. Um. Well, this has been episode sixty-five. Sixty-five, the Lane Johnson episode. The Lane Johnson episode, and as we kicked off again, condolences to the Scully family and friends. Mm-hmm. A legend has been missed. Uh. I didn't know too much about him. I'm not kind of all the sport, but those infamous calls in the Dodger stadiums is synonymous with baseball, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I think Rob has something to share with us at the end. I think his final send off, a nice little quote to end uh, episode 65. It's a loosey goosey episode, but uh, thank you for listening thus far. And Rob, take it away. Any so these words? are going to be um, – so if anybody out there that likes baseball and sports knows that Vin Scully is one of the uh, the all-time great announcers. I think he – I said it to Joel before we started recording. He, I think, maybe not the same star power, definitely not the same star power. He doesn't have a video game named after him, but he, he's, he's similar to what John Madden meant for football, where you think of announcers for baseball and you kind of think Scully. Football is different because it's a, a national game. Baseball is a little bit more regional, but he was the most noticeable um, – figure in terms of like regional baseball um so i think it's only right on uh the our first episode a few days after vin scully's um passing um i saw a tweet that said um you must have lived a really good life if you're in your 90s and people think you're going too soon um Mm -hmm. so i think it's only right that we play his uh his final send-off from october of 2016 um i believe it was about 80 years from when he said he fell in love with baseball but uh a nice little quote from uh, Finn Scully. And we, uh, we want to thank everybody, obviously, for listening. Um, follow us on Instagram. Let us know what you think. But uh, Finn Scully, one final time. And now, all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. For every problem, life seems a faithful friend to share. For every sigh, a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. 
And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, oh, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be.